Mike, turn your games down. Hi, we're going to hear in gaming episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's counting in 2003 with me tonight? We've got Vincent Goodwin from the Some of My Friends Read Comics podcast. Uh, this is Blair Farrell from ComicBookVideoGames.com and the future Conan. <laughs> and this is the Let's Play Princess, Phoebe Stanton over here. And welcome back, all three of you. I know Vincent's been on, you've been on, what, two of these or three of these now, Vincent? Uh, I I thought I did 2011, but I couldn't find it in my records because I, I feel like I talked about Skyrim. I definitely did 2002, though. Yeah, you were on that. Oh, and I think you were on another one with me. The one we went three hours at one time, and we talked about like ever, ever that. that oh, was cool. yeah, that was that. That <laughs> might have been that might have been 2011 because I talked about Tactics Ogre and all sorts of fun stuff. Well, since you mentioned Tactics, you reminded me of a game that did come out this year. That, if I'm correct, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance came out this year. Yes, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, the big, big Square Soft or now Square Enix return to Nintendo systems, Which, famously. Nintendo and Square had a a big split right around the PlayStation era. Probably helped the PlayStation actually succeed a lot with like their you know Final Fantasy VII, big things like that. Drawing other third party publishers over to the Sony PlayStation side instead of like you know 3DO or all the other also, also rants. But that's ninety four to ninety seven. But I I have um, played Tactics Advance more multiple times. Right. Never finished it. Played it on ROMs when I first got into emulation big time for GBA and like. When I was in high school, right. 2004, and then I well, played it again right before I met my wife. So one day I'm going to finish that game. I keep telling it's, myself. It's, it's kind of a BS game. It's kind of funny because, like, I mean, I know a lot of people love, like, Final Fantasy Tactics, at least in those fields. And Advance isn't really a sequel, and it's framed as, like, these are, like, characters transported to a world. Like, the first mission is, like, a snowball fight. Yep. And then, and yeah, then there's... Isekai. Yeah, yeah, Isekai, exactly. That's the word. Thank you. And then it's... You have judges every level being like, you can't use swords this level, which I'm like, yeah, I it's it. fine. But I wish the game just like prevented you from using that rather than you doing it. And then you getting like a yellow card. You get um, punished. Yeah. So I was like, that's like, I, I, I would those, rather it stop me. It's kind of a weird game. Tactic Soger is better. And then Fire Emblem, another 2003 <laughs> game is also better. So it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. I, I keep telling myself I'm going to beat it one day when I right when I met my wife, I was playing in a whole bunch during what I call my depressive time. And I was just sitting there and then I was just sitting there playing it. And then I met her and I just, I never went back to it. And I'm like, one day I'm going to put this in the show and make myself finish it. But we'll see. You should like definitely, I'm oh, sorry, Phoebe. You should definitely finish it, but you should not a hundred percent that game. Oh my God. I don't hundred percent anything. There's like 300 <laughs> missions in that game and it gives you a secret ending. It's not worth it. That's what YouTube's for. So it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a wild game, though, historically, because that is Square's first thing. And Square like ended up making Crystal Chronicles the following year or in 03 in Japan, at least. And that was Square's first console game or first Nintendo game in like six or seven years. Um, but they really wanted that Game Boy market. And so they, they made Tactics Advance. They put ported all the other Final Fantasy games, although later than 2003. And then Sword of Mana also came, which I think is a remake of Final Fantasy Adventure, if I recall correctly. The first Game Boy game, which is also Secret of Mana One, Seiken Tetsu One, um, also came this. out for also came out for Game Boy Advance in 2003. And now we Where, have the whole have trilogy any, finally. Right. Any history with this game? Sword of Mana. Uh, my my roommate played it. And that's it. 
Sorry. I have absolute zero history with this game. But <laughs> the only thing no I, I just want to make sure we didn't pass the, you up in case you didn't say The only thing I got from that conversation is that Naughty Dog stole opening their game with a snowball fight from this game. <laughs> hey, a good idea is a good idea. I remember getting that, though, when I was in my college uh, dorm. I was playing in the library. I was playing it for review, and I'm like, this is the Final Fantasy Tactics that everybody loves because I didn't have a PlayStation 1. And it's not. Okay. I I know it's not now. A2 was interesting. I thought uh, the sequel for DS was going to, like, right the ship. And I think it's pretty similar. If you liked Advance 1, then you'd like A2. But if you didn't, you won't. Um, I've never played that either. I mean, I never never got fired in. Yeah. Don't don't do that one for the podcast. It's a long one. I don't plan to do it. I mean. I want to do the first one, but yeah, we'll see. I, I just, yeah. There's other there's other games I want to do more. <laughs> uh, Blair, do you have a game that you want to mention? Yeah, but not a good one. Um, <laughs> because it's it's funny, because I, I looked back on this year, and at the start of this year, it was my second semester of university, and the lifestyle of like a broke-ass university student was setting in, so I didn't really have that much money to play games, and I was just trying to fit in more so i kind of put games on the back burner for a long time until like the summer but at the start of the year and we kind of talked about this in the chat like i was so beyond excited for devil may cry 2 and i remember reading the reviews in egm and it got like a seven and a six and i can't remember the other reviews and i was floored and i never got to play it until a few months later and i was like i don't understand how it got these scores and then I played it and totally realized why I got those scores because it is so boring and That's pointless fine. and atrocious. And I mean, it has a storied history that's that's it ended up like that for a reason. I mean, it was just a poorly mismanaged project like Hideki Kamiya, who directed Devil May Cry 1, I don't believe was even made aware of its existence. And the person who I believe is now in charge of Devil May Cry, I don't remember his name, he actually saw through to the finish line. And, I mean, he gets a lot of flack for that, but it's like, you can only polish a turd so much. Like, (laughs) it's functional, but it has no soul whatsoever. And the only way it's like, it's like the Matrix sequels that, like, it constantly gets putting on Devil May Cry compilations. And the Matrix sequels aren't, as bad as what people make them out, but it's like this game would be totally forgotten if it wasn't for like Devil May Cry compilations and trilogies. I liked this game when I played it a couple of years ago. Really? <laughs> yes, I actually had a really good time. This really was actually like my pumping. first Devil May Cry game. Oh no! <laughs> I almost gave up on the series, and I played five, and it was like, what the hell? What did I miss? The two is just so bad. It's There's easy. nothing like pumping bullet after bullet after bullet into such memorable bosses as infected helicopter and okay, infected that part helicopter <laughs> and infected helicopter and infected tank it's been a while i just know that i didn't hate this game and i beat it with both characters and i'm like that was kind of fun put all of your levels into the guns and you win that's fine easy games there's nothing wrong with some easy games <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, i i, I want to put it on the show I want to hear us talk shit about it for an hour, but one day. <laughs> oh, Vincent, do you have anything about Devil May Cry 2? No, I never. I'm, I'm, I was not really in the oh. PlayStation ecosystem at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. I bought, I bought a place. I graduated high school in 03, and I bought a PlayStation purely for the DVD player. And I bought the PlayStation's <laughs> number one piece of software, the Matrix movie. And then I bought GTA 3 and uh, Jack and Daxter, and that's all I was playing on the PS2 in 03. 
Okay. So it was a pretty good year for me. <laughs> you weren't playing this turn in 2003. No, I, I don't. Act, I never actually played a Devil Might Cry, and don't like my with history one. with Platinum games probably would say that I wouldn't like it. So I'm I'm never gonna try it. So I played one, two, three, and four, and the reboot thing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that DMC. game. The secret that best Devil May Cry game. It's nice. <laughs> it's a good game. Yeah, it's it, it was a good best game. Devil May Cry game. I don't know about that, but it was a good game. You should still play five. I haven't played five. You I should. want. To. I just. Eh, I'll get to it. I'm mostly because of this show. I go for older stuff. That's so I just fair. never get around to it. <laughs> DMC is a decade old. God, I'm five. Was that a PS3? Was that a was that a PS3 era game? Yes, it was. And yeah, then it was in that PS4 era where they're just like, we don't have anything to put on these machines. So here's a better version of Tomb Raider and a better version of Devil May Cry and a better version of The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hey, don't wait. There's more. You get Last of Us again on PS5. Yeah, and now PC uh, and Steam Deck. That fucking last list. <laughs> That's all my thing. Oh, Vincent, do you have a game that you want to mention? Oh, sure. Um, so I actually would like to talk about my most expensive game I've ever owned. I own two copies of it, Ninja Five O. <laughs> um, Ninja Five O. I was all in on the beginning. I saw Ninja as a Five O. I love Hawaii Five O. I love ninjas. This sounds awesome. Let's go. And for some reason, I was working at my website. I got two review copies back to back box is completely smushed it's complete in box they didn't look good i was playing it like on the way to like a foo fighters concert in the back of my friend's car i'm on my gbasp which also came out this year we can talk about that a little later but it is a cool cool like ninja bionic commando style game it is super expensive last i checked like five seven hundred dollars um and i owned two copies of it and i gave away one on my website for a contest prize and nobody entered because nobody wanted Ninja Five O, but it is a highly, <laughs> highly sought after GPA game. If um, I collect so, the games, I take you up in the offer. If I don't collect games, <laughs> it, it, the the box is in not good condition. I'll, I'll I'll tell you that right now. Hudson's PR did not care about their 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 shipping, but it's a pretty cool little ninja game. I highly recommend uh, acquiring it in whatever way you you could find a way to acquire it. Um, I don't it's pretty cool. eBay, it's a, so. Yeah, not eBay. I would not recommend it that way. <laughs> Um, but it's it's fun. Uh, so I would recommend Ninja Five O. Okay. And Phoebe. Oh God, I have a. I looked through the list of all the games that released this year, and there are so many that hit different for me. This was the year. I think we've talked about this in the past when we recorded for an episode out yet. That my mom was the one who bought a lot of the weirder games for me. This is the year of all of those games that are just big parts of my childhood. Beyond Good and Evil, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy, Beautiful Joe, etc., yeah. etc. Et <laughs> we were was it was it you I was talking about Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy with? Um, I through the, in the text chat. I'm not sure. I haven't been in the checks. The okay, text so, chat okay. Yet. I'm I sorry. I'm being, so waking no, up. <laughs> it, I remember that being such like you know there were so many 3D platformers of this era, and not all of them were very good. But I remember Sphinx and the Cursed <laughs> Mummy people being like, "This one's pretty dope," and it was always like ten dollars at GameStop. So I 100 percent bought it. And then never played it. And then when it came out on Switch, it also was like $10. So I bought it and still have never played it. I love Uh, that there's a physical copy for the Switch. And there's just been somebody on (laughs) Steam who's been updating the game for years. Really? Yeah. (laughs) So just one dedicated person. I don't know if they're part of THQ or what's been going on. But on Steam, every once in a while, there's a patch. It's like, I added 
you know, mouse controls for the first person shooter sections. I've added Arabic subtitles. And it's just like, who the, who the fuck is this person? What's camping? <laughs> is CHQ even around anymore? Well, yeah. no, yeah, they, the they, they, Nordic they, now. yeah, they got, they got, they got, they, they, they broke apart. And then one of the like companies bought everybody back. Embracer Group now probably owns Sphinx. Yeah, it was, it was it was Nordic Games, and then they bought the THQ name, and then they got Embracer. Yeah, yeah. T- Sphinx Pictures for me is a great game. Never played it, but it, do you know anything about it? No, I know it. It's, I, it exists. It's interesting because there's two different playable characters, and it's two separate stories that fuse together. So about one half of the game is sort of a Zelda clone. Where you play this character named Sphinx, uh, has a sword, goes through dungeons, goes to towns and buys islands and stuff. In the other half of the game, you're playing this young pharaoh. I want to say it's Tutankhamun, but it might not be. Who gets cursed? Yeah, that's what the Wikipedia says. Yeah, and it becomes when you're playing as him, it's this platforming game where they're short levels. And it's more of Warrior Land 2 or Warrior Land 3, where because you're this immortal cursed mummy, you're slicing yourself in half and having to stand on two switches, or you have to light cool. all these poles around the room so you set yourself on fire. Maybe I should get around to it someday. Mike, this is probably like an iNinja level game <laughs> of like where it's probably like IGN gave it an 8.5. Like it was people are like, really? OK. Whoever played it like really like glommed onto it in 03. And uh, I'm like, and it was made by Eurocom who made like a lot of the James Bond games of that era as well. So, okay. I bet it's like iNinja level, which is also an 03 game that we covered, uh, me and you. uh, (laughs) Nobody else would join me. (laughs) No, it's it's just like a charming plat. It sounds like a charming platformer 3D game that's like, you know, punches above its weight. So, yeah. I have an obscure game that I love that I couldn't remember was 2003, but I looked it up. Animusha Tactics for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> it's a oh, tactics gosh. RPG set in the Animusha world for Game Boy Advance that I freaking love this game. I played it when I first got an emulation in high school. And I remember my friend like, why are you playing this crap? You'd be playing other stuff. And then I stopped playing it. And then like five years ago, I think it was right before this podcast started or during the podcast. I don't remember. I played it on my phone and I went through this whole game. And it's a really, really good strategy RPG that people do not know of and it's great i know of it but i've never played it because i, I used to go into capcom one too no i'm not very good at these games well the good the good thing about this game which it doesn't tell you but i had to find out through the internet is if you die you keep all the experience you get and you just redo the mission so like nice. there's parts in this game where i would just just keep dying because i couldn't beat the mission and then eventually i would just be strong enough huh. That's awesome but doesn't explain that at all that's a Dragon Quest model where you're like, eventually you're just going to have the XP to like kill the whatever you're going to kill. If you just keep beating uh, it. Yeah, it sounds like a bit too much work. <laughs> it's yeah, not short either. But how does I it, how does it fit it. in with the how does it fit in with the Onimusha legacy? I, I don't. The only one I ever played is the first game, which I okay. did for the show. So I don't really know. I know you fight Nobunaga, <laughs> but, but, but it's not like Nobunaga's ambition. No. Which was no also mean. a tactical RPG series that they merged with Pokemon in 2012. If you ever want to, oh god, that was a thing. That's yeah, like saying, Pokemon Conquest. Yeah, 
It's like he broke Pokemon Nobunaga. Up to <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It was like you could just made a Pokemon Tactics game, but they're like, no, we got to throw Nobunaga in this. Yeah, definitely. It's, but, a, it's a good game. I <laughs> highly recommend if you like Tactics RPGs and you never played it, which is probably, you know, 90% of the people who listen to this episode or 99%. Right. <laughs> Pick it up. I mean, you don't buy it, but pick it up other ways. Acquire it, yeah. yeah you can't buy it. Onimusha was like Samurai Resident Evil, right? Yeah. Like, with like the, the static screens and stuff. Yeah, it has or the enemies. Samurai Devil Might Cry, I guess. Eventually, your character can turn into an Onimusha, which you literally have to do to get through a level, because if you don't do it, he won't survive the cannon hits that a mission makes you. I mean, it tells you, you should transform, and I didn't want to. Well, you can't beat it if you don't do exactly that. But no, it's just a it's a really it's just a tactics RPG, but I fell in love with it. There's no job classes. You just have certain characters that have predetermined jobs, which I prefer. And you just go through this game so, yeah. and it's really good. <laughs> and I played it on a phone while I was pushing garbage back and forth a whole bunch of times. Nice. Because my job, I had to go out of the building outside down half a block, go inside a building, take an elevator down, go down a hall, dump the garbage and go back with this cart. So I used to. Playing my phone the whole time and take my time when I was doing it. I got a lot of emotion that way. But yeah, great game. That has to, that nobody talks about because most people don't even know it exists. And there's a crafting system too in it or something like that from what I remember. Uh, okay, I just threw up. <laughs> you said the C too word. Much. That's my trigger. <laughs> you can make weapons and upgrade weapons, I think. Uh, I don't remember a whole lot. It's been a lot. I haven't, it's been a long time. I just, it's a game that I keep thinking about, and I ke- it's been on the show a few times almost, where I've been on the list, and I go, I can't, I'm not going to find people for this, and I take it off. Do but, you like that genre a lot, or did, did, did just this one just happen to click for you? I like the genre, but this is one that really clicked for me. I usually okay. suck at the genre. Yeah, I do too. Like, I, 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 I love like, the idea of Tactics Ogre, and Final Fantasy Tactics, and Fire Emblem, and then I'm like, I actually hate this. Like so, another um, really random game that comes out in two th- that came out in two thousand three also that I all of a sudden left my head. Yeah, I can't think of it. Go someone else. Go. <laughs> oh no, no, absolutely. I can I, I can carry you. And we've got we've got a fun. We got two thousand three was a banner year for comic book video games superheroes, and it kicked off pretty early with Daredevil for Game Boy Advance, which <laughs> is just a normal beat 'em up game. It's kind of it's kind of dull. But you get to use Daredevil's blind powers in a detective mode, a detective vision before like Batman Arkham Asylum and all those kind of things. So that was pretty cool. The PS2 game was also supposed to come out at the same time and was advertised in comic books, but then canceled. So but there's still Daredevil. Daredevil does still have his own video game for Game Boy Advance. It's not very good, but it does have detective vision, which is pretty cool. Did you play it, Blair? I have. Uh, Yeah, it's not very great. Um... It's a thing that exists. It's a real bummer because I remember watching trailers for that game and I know Liam Robinson did a deep dive into like what happened and like I didn't I can't remember the studio. I know it was Encore was the publisher and like they were like really ambitious, but they opened up a studio in Vegas and I'm pretty sure everyone got like addicted to gambling. Um, (laughs) And honestly, I think that's what happened. Like they just got. And the budget kept getting reduced and then it kept getting delayed. And then like Daredevil wasn't that big. So it was a whole bunch of circumstances led to being canceled. Because I think Daredevil like really needs a video game. And that would have been a good time because like the Move Kevin Smith did the reboot and then Brian Michael Bendis took it over and it was even better. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the and movie it, came it, out and I mean, the movie was what it was. But at that time, it's like, OK, here's the thing. Then you go out and buy the game. As like this year, like you have X2 Wolverine's Revenge and Hulk and 
a few other movie games, and it was in that era, and that's one I'm sad that we lost. I mean, also, maybe don't open a studio in Vegas, is what I gotta say, too, now. Yeah. I think they moved there. Oh, okay. And there might have been, like, a tax break. I really have to watch the video. It's quite the gamble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vegas, like, Vegas, just, if you're on the strip, if you're anywhere near that strip, it's just your money just flies out of your pocket. Like, it's ridiculous. You're but thirsty because you're out in the desert? $10 a bottle of water. Here you go. But, I'm, but I'm exaggerating only by being up until 5 in the morning. So, good for crunch if you're exploiting your workers. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of disappointing. Like Daredevil was very hot at that time. And then like, it just kind of hit like a thud. And I, I always forget the movie exists, let alone the Game Boy Advance game. So it's there. It's a thing. I didn't even know there was a GBA game. So, hey. yeah. Yeah. Well, because everybody like, I think like video of the PS2 game dropped like, or leaked like a couple years ago. And so everybody's talking about it. I'm like, no, there's still a Game Boy Advance game. It came out right around then. So, but it's not very good. Not like our other great banner game, Batman Rise of Sin Shu. <laughs> which is also not good. I don't know what the publishing history. There were so many bad Batman games on the GameCube. Uh-huh. I will argue with you and say if Batman Sin Zoo came out in the era of downloadable 360 games, that game would have been a hit. Okay, I'll I, I, I'll agree with you there. It was it shouldn't have been like a fifty dollar game at the time. I'll agree with that because there was like um, now I'm going off the radar. There was like a a Watchmen game that was downloadable with like uh, War Shark and who? How was that? I'm going to play it. It's happened. not great. The end of is nigh or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. Just a basic beat em up. I have played Batman Rise of Sinzu recently. <laughs> and because I, I, I kind of am nostalgic for it because the year it came out, it dropped price pretty fast. Uh, and I didn't have a lot of money to buy Christmas gifts. And my brother was coming home and I was like, my brother loves Batman. I love Batman. This game is twenty nine dollars brand new. So I bought it for him. And that Christmas, we just we just played through the entire thing. He was Batman. I was Nightwing. It was incredible. But beyond nostalgia goggles, like I just played it recently and it has it's it's a beat em up, but it has like a very robust combat system with really fun timing. The mm-hmm. cutscenes are really sharp. It really sucks that like you can be the different members of the Bat family. So you can play as Batman, Robin, Nightwing and Batgirl. This is all set in the animated series style. But in the cutscenes, they're just pre-recorded, so it's only ever Batman. So if you're oh. just playing through Batgirl, like Batgirl doesn't get her own cutscenes. But there's like lots of unlockables. There's just lots of costumes and icons of Mattel toys that were coming out at the time. <laughs> I just think it was came out at the wrong time. Is I think like this would have came out like ten dollars in the 360 era for extreme nostalgia for Batman the animated series. You can play mm-hmm. these four characters. It would have been like a different conversation. And this is also such an interesting project coming off of Batman Vengeance, which came out in 2001, where that game was an action platformer, first person shooter vehicle game with fighting game elements. And it's not great. (laughs) And the cutscenes are really bad. And this one is such a pared down game. At a time when like Batman the Animated Series was like off the air for a while, I think Justice League was still on, but we were kind of over like this. So it's such a weird time to put out a project and this license. Right. It probably doesn't help it either that this is a completely new villain, right? There, well, the hubris of it. They, they were like, this villain will then be in the comics, but he's going to debut here. Just use Rachel Ghoul. Right. <laughs> 
He's voiced no. by Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat 95, so like props there. I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce his name. Your is mine. Well, they just wanted to have like you know make their own villains in, in a game or something and have it like go on to other stuff. I mean, that doesn't always work. Is he hey, designed or something? Was and that, there's I'm a trying... there's like a tie-in novel too. Like I have it. Wow, what? like Shadows of the Empire style. Like they they, yeah, they yeah, tried yeah. to push it. It was weird. I want to play it. It's it's one of those games that I think about and I'm like I got someday. I'm going to throw this on the show and I'm going to play through it because I, I really want to. It's backwards compatible on the 360 and it works really well. It's also plays on my, it'll play on my PC just fine. So I'm gonna play, but I really want to. It's still so weird that it's not Raish or any other character. Batman has such a big, huge repertoire of villains that never seem to get used. Well, it, okay, it's, yeah. It's, Batman King, Begins but, was probably in development by this time, although maybe not when they started development of the game. Where's the um, lover calendar man or uh, what's the yellow skinned guy's name? The creeper or whatever. Oh, uh, I know. Is it the creeper or is that? I must say yeah, he creeper. was Jack Ryder. And I think something happens. He's on the animated series. But he's like, really good have, in the animated series, too. They have Jeffrey Combs back a scarecrow in this. It's great. OK, that <laughs> you got my you got me interested, Blair. I'm going to have to. Jeffrey Combs is amazing. To look this up now. Oh, but I remember the game I wanted to mention that I completely blanked on. Advance Wars 2 Black Hole Rising came out in 2003. Burr, 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 burr. Might actually I, come out this year. It's a month I away. Never <laughs> played it. I want to. And I keep telling myself one day I'm going to play it. Yep. Yeah, that's you all. You do it I, now. Legally. I, I, yeah, he's about to come out on, on the Switch in April. Whenever this Plus airs. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, I got Advance Wars 2 because I loved Advance Wars 1. It hit like it hit really well for me. It just hit at the right time. And I was, you know. And we, we covered that episode, uh, Micah, last year. But Advance Wars 2, I was I went on a cruise with my parents, and I was too cool for school. And I also was sick as a dog and got seasick. And so I stayed in the in the room the whole time and watched Two Towers and Daredevil on loop in the room while playing Advance Wars 2. And I had a pretty good time, if I'm going to be honest. It, it It's a cool game because it expands. You know you have, like, the COs. You're only, like, on the orange or red team or something. You get to, you get to have different separate levels where it trades off kind of like the new mortal Kombat games where you do like a couple missions as the red team like andy and max and whoever and then you jump over to talk play as sam sam eh, sammy's not the green group and then the yellow group and then the other group and the blue group so it's, it's a lot more diverse hole. in the co powers it's a much better campaign i think i really really want to play it, but it's also like 20 hour game so yes it's a very long game and if you're not good at strategy rpgs um uh you probably won't like it well but, but yes <laughs> That's but it just oh and before because I, I need to stop talking but I have to mention one other game that just popped in my head and I'm curious if any of you guys have any idea what this game is know this game called Chaos Legion for PS2 it came out in 2003 it's a Capcom game that's like a Dynasty Warriors clone and, I know, and you can summon enemies I only know it <clears throat> because a friend of mine uh, had rec- had recommended it and I actually have a copy of it near me and I never got around to it playing it for more than like an hour and you you get it there's a character you get with gut like your main guy has sword and looks kind of like squall and then you it's like a double may cry type clone and then you have a the other character is a girl with a gun that just shoots constantly oh no devil kings that's the dynasty warriors oh yes yeah but i think chaos legion i think has capcom also yeah but that's yeah also they, they both are yeah my roommate uh has it and i remember she was a fan i know the cover but i can't remember like what the actual game is it's just an action game like Double May Cry, I think, from what I'm seeing. It's nothing... I've never... Pl- it's just one of those games that I, like... It's another one of those games that I, that I think about, and I'm like, I, I should really go back and play this one day and put it on the podcast, but it's just so obscure, and I'm like... Mm. 
But yeah, just one of those weird games that I didn't really come out this year. But as I'm going through the list, I'm like, I had to mention it. Phoebe, is there a game that you want to mention we haven't brought up yet? Oh, God. Hugh and I have done an episode all about one of them. Oh, is that 2003 also? Yeah, Bowtie. Oh. <laughs> Besides that, man, I'm surprised nobody's talked about the fact that Wind Waker and Aria of Sorrow both came out this year. It's because I didn't play either in those years. I never had a GameCube until Christmas of 2004. I never played Aria of Sorrow until I got a DS Lite. I had the Castlevania 2 pack. And Wind Waker, I never played till like 2004. But yeah, Aria Sorrow is, I think it's like, like Circle of the Moon was gorgeous, or it had great music, but you couldn't see it. And Harmony of Dis, is it Despair or Dissonance? Dissonance. Dissonance. They bumped up the contrast, but the music suffered. And Aria of Sorrow was like the perfect combination of the two. Right. Yeah, I, I loved Circle of the Moon. And I'm kind of like a weirdo, I think, in that regard. And my Game Boy, I always actually was able to see it pretty well. So I, I had a different experience than most people. But I loved Circle of the Moon. It was my first Metroidvania ever. I'd never played any. I never played Symphony. I'd never played any of those. So I was mind blown by it. And then really, really disappointed by Harmony of Dissonance. So I completely bounced off. I never even checked out Aria of Sorrow until much, much later. And then I, compared to Dawn of Sorrow, which is the DS game that I think came out the next year, which is a little like over overwrought with like touchscreen bullshit. Uh-huh. Like, Aria of yeah. Sorrow is such a good, solid game it's weird also because it's like castlevania of the future because it takes it place the latest point in the timeline currently right. yep. it's it's just a solid solid metroidvania they they start fucking with the formula by the time you get to like portrait of ruin and order order of ecclesia so like aria of sorrow of that branch of nintendo metroidvania castlevanias it's the best it's really really good it also has a surprisingly strong plot especially since it's a game boy advance game but so- Good game. The idea that they locked Dracula's castle away and permanently killed him because he's no longer attached to his castle. So you're the reincarnation of him. That's such a cool idea. And the fact that they actually tie everything together by the end with the rest of the lore to the point that you kind of permanently kill the castle. That's such a cool idea. Until the next game, but yes. That's what I love about It's a different castle. Yeah, that's what I love about Dawn of Sorrow, because if you get a quote unquote bad ending, you get to play as Julius Alucard and And I can't remember her name. Yoko? Yes. And it's essentially like Dracula's curse and you have to go kill Soma. It's one of the best bad ending bonuses ever. I thought you got that for uh, just being the game. Yeah, there's because there's like another ending where like because I know this has multiple endings depending on i've only finished it i haven't finished it in a while i was actually playing around with it today on the castlevania advanced collection which is That's so worth great it just that, for this that exists that makes me happy i bought it yeah. actually which is yeah just because i want to support them yeah that, and I, I remember i was just looking at them like the steam sale and it was like 11.99 i'm like that's too much for that and then i'm like realizing like Oh yeah, Arya Sorrow's on that. Arya Sorrow's worth twelve bucks. Arya Sorrow's worth Circle of the Moon, Circle moon is great twelve dollars. I love Circle of the Moon. Circle of the Moon gets a little bullshitty, but but man, uh, I'm not playing on a phone by the favorite. way without yeah, a controller. The first time I played it was on a cell too. phone with no controller, and I was trying to do those button combinations to do like the spells. Ooh. That was really hard. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but you don't have like the the Dawn of Sorrow, like where you have to do a touch screen like rune after you kill the boss, where they get half their health back. Well. Yes, but there is a version on on emulators on PC where you can they patch that out so you don't really? have to do it. 
Hey, howdy, hey. It's actually oh, on the that's... show oh, coming up, and that's why it's on the show, because I can I can skip that bullshit. So Interesting. It's such a you have my attention. design. <laughs> but they well, have to do it? it because it's the DS. You have to have something with the touch and screen. And it's early DS, though. So that's yeah. a big part. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And the thing also is wild is, like, Circle of the Moon is, like, Juno 1, and I don't remember when Aria came out. And then Harmony Distance is like October 02. And then Aria is 03 at some point. And then Donna Sorrow is 04, I think. Like they came out with four of these. Like, bam, bam, well, bam. Donna Sorrow was like 2005. The DS came out in 2004. So I guess Donna Sorrow would have been a year two game. I, I looked yeah. at I know Harmony of Dissidence was like fall 2002. Right. And Aria of Sorrow was May 2003. Really? That quick? Wow. Yeah. Six months. Harmony's not a bad Seven. game, though. No, it's not. It's a good game. It's, it's just it's a lot of nonsense with the double castles. It's really annoying to navigate. Well, you, that's why you go to FedEx and print a map out and then have it when you play your game. <laughs> well, you every every metro review before it comes out, Mike. You can't do that. <laughs> when you go back and play old games like me every week, it's easy. <laughs> that was a hard game. to Harmony was a hard game to play for review. I'll tell you that. Well, every... Every game I play now, that's that's how I do it. Yeah. Anytime I, play, of, I have to go out and get a map. I have to go and print a map because it just means so much to me to have that physical map just to that's have. Cool. That's cool. There's a Twitter account that, that makes like 3D maps of like Tomb Raider and like other PS1 games. And it's also very, very cool to see. Phoebe, well, DG cartography. Wind Waker. Okay. I forget Wind Waker is 03. I, I didn't, I got it in 03. I thought it was stupid and I didn't play it till 06. Oh, I sir. I know I was wrong. I really like the 3D Zelda game I have liked so far. Yeah. So we covered this on the O2 episode and I was real incredulous because everybody insisted it was an O2 game, which technically it is in Japan. But I was real incredulous towards the other panels. I'm like, it's an O3 game. I just game. looked at, so, I just looked up that you know we could also talk about Dark and Sky in that same idea because in the PAL regions it came out in 2003. Yeah, I have a copy of Dark and Sky. Is that the Skittles game? That's the Skittles game. Nice. Okay, so I was also thinking the same thing. <laughs> it's not. I, I bought it cheap, but I bought it at GameStop, and I was like, I'm gonna play. And yeah, it's just sitting there on my on my shelf behind me. I'll never probably yeah. play it, but it's a Skittles game, and it's not good. <laughs> but so, yeah. but I, I do I do love Wind Waker. Um, I love I love the personality of it. I love the vibes of it. It is a very thin game that doesn't have many enemies. And the sea is kind of dull and boring, but the vibe of the whole and it only has like two towns, but it's still like a really good vibe. My I, my 18th birthday, I remember skipping school just to play Wind Waker and it was a glorious day and it was very nice. It's a very, very pleasant game. It's, it's, it's so pretty, too. It's so pretty and it holds up really well. And wildly, the the HD remake is 10 years old now at this point. So, oh, God, when they found that to switch. That's what I'm waiting for. I want to put it on the show that and Twilight Princess, but I want to play the HD version because they they make things simple, a little easier in a couple of spots. And mm-hmm. much as I don't buy Switch, I'm waiting for it to get released on Switch. But Nintendo doesn't seem to agree with me. So, well, they have a new Zelda game coming out in May that they have to put a lot of marketing dollars into, and they really want you to buy. So they're not going to split that up and put yeah. out Wind Waker anytime soon. Maybe next year. I think we'll get it next year. It's, it'll be first it year Switch. Be nice. Day. First in the fall, to. maybe, or maybe they'll shadow drop it like they did Metroid this year. That would also be yeah. okay. God, that Metroid. That's what it should have been shadow so dropped last summer. They should have done Skyward Sword in 2021 and then Twilight Wind Waker dual pack in 2022, but they haven't. 
They're not going to oh. do a dual pack like they should. They're going to do here. You can get each one for I, fifty bucks. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like I feel like Wind Waker is going to come within the first year of the Switch because there won't be a Zelda ready for it for. There's not going to be another new Zelda for six years, like straight up. So at least. Yeah, I'll be a while. (laughs) There will be a Wind Waker between that. The HD remaster for Wind Waker. Yes. That's on the Wii U, right? Correct. Yes. Since they can't do the link cable with the Game Boy Advance to give you the tingle tuner. Can you use Amiibos for the same factor or or is that just completely taken out? Did it like shake to tell you that like, hey, stuff was going on? You could use a second player or just yourself using the Game Boy Advance could use a rupees from inside the game and buy little power ups and stuff to help you along. Like if you fall off a platform, you instead levitate in the air for a few seconds and can run quickly back on Wile E. Coyote style. You can buy some special bombs so you're not using them directly from your inventory. It was just a list of little boosts that didn't break the game but were there if you needed them in exchange for rupees did amiibos exist when wind waker came out i'm gonna say no 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 that was because amiibos came out in 2014 with smash bros infinity was 2013 oh never mind i'm just thinking that since you can't do the game boy advance thing amiibos would be the next closest thing to keep the tingle tuner in the game and so just completely taking it out is anybody all these Reddit threads are like, is anybody disappointed they took it out? What the fuck nah. was it here? Should uh-huh. put it back so, in for the Switch version. If they put it on the Switch. Not like the machine had didn't have a second screen. No. Hey, Miiverse hooked up with it. You could have little people with their uh, send you messages in a bottle that you would find in the ocean, which actually that's cute. Cool. It was that very was cute. cute. I and really want to play Wind Waker again. So Wind much. Waker Wind Waker was the game. I've talked about this before where it like it wasn't necessarily bad, but it had this thing like Okay, now you're gonna go have to go across the ocean and find six random pieces that you're gonna have to go trudge for in the ocean to That's bring the Triforce back together. Why the Wii U you, is better? Yeah, and you got to go find a map, then take it to Tingle and pay him to translate it, and then you got to go find the piece by driving in the middle of the ocean. And I said, no, I will not do this. And then I didn't beat the game again for ten years. I actually ended up playing it. It's totally fine. It's really easy to use a guide. I'll get through it in an hour. It doesn't matter. But That's I didn't play the game for an hour because I thought the the prospect of it was bullshit, not the I've, fact that it was. I've only ever finished it once. As I remember, I was in the era, I was in high school when, quote unquote, Zelda was announced. So I yes. was of the too cool for school. Hermes, the dentist elf from Rudolph Rednor's Reindeer Link. <laughs> but then my friend got it and he was like, no, 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 it's really good. So when I got my GameCube in 2004, like this and Metroid Prime and Mario Sunshine were all like $20 games. So that Christmas I got it and I just was mesmerized and loved it. And then every time I've tried to play it again, I just constantly lose steam and just give up. I've never been able to finish it again, even though I know finish is really strong. I just always get bored and move on to something else. I get that. I it wasn't for this podcast. I wouldn't finish right. I wouldn't play some of the stuff I play. But yeah, sometimes it's hard to finish games. Like you just need that, and that's a game that just yeah. it goes for a long time. I think uh, it you can overstay its welcome. I haven't played it since high school, and I think about it a lot. It's. I mean, I absolutely agree. Like I, I the Zelda games are ones that I lose momentum in all the time, and I, I, that's why I've never beaten Ocarina of Time. I'll say that, but. But yeah, and even Wind Waker is a pretty short one compared to Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. So it makes it like my favorite of the 
of that type of 3D Zelda than now Breath of the Wild is broken. I would say Wind Waker is my favorite of that. Oh, and I have two games I want to mention quick that came out. One that's really quick that I'm, I I doubt any you guys know about. Uh, Otogi that came out in 2003 for an Xbox exclusive game from original Xbox. O-T-O-G-E? O-T-O-G-I. Otogi Myth of Demons. It's a, you're like a, uh, I don't know, you just kill, you fight a bunch of monsters and it's like a Devil May Cry style game and it's really damn cool but it's locked to the Xbox and it might be backwards compatible in 360 but I don't know. I've heard of it. I probably saw it in reviews on the run and I've also got it mixed up with Okage the Shadow King which was a PlayStation 2 game. (laughs) Yes. Which is... I've I've played as on as on other systems and I have it on other systems, but no, it was just a beat 'em up game that a friend introduced me to, and I've always been a big fan of it. And the other game that I, I want to mention quick that you guys might be familiar with, that I I will praise this game every chance I get. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Game Boy Advance, which is based on the first season of the 2003 show. Oh, how's the Game Boy Advance version? I had the GameCube version on my list. It's really really good. Is I it played. Good? I emulated it back in 0304. I played it again since then. It's broken up into four levels. It's kind of like it's a side scroller beat 'em up, but you have different levels that are based on some of the early episodes where you play as the turtles. And I just I've always liked it, and I actually want to go back and replay it again for this podcast. But it's just a really cool game, and it the came TV out in two thousand three. Also, the DBA definitely seems like the system for really good TMNT games because there's a TMNT game as well for the 2007 movie on the GBA, right? That's supposed to yes. be really yes, it's, good. Yes. It's by the Scott Pilgrim people. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it looks exactly like Scott Pilgrim. I'm going to have to emulate uh-huh. this now. And did, is that t- same people from that team ended up making Shredder's Revenge also? Yeah. yeah I know. Uh, yes and Not no. the exact team, but I think people. It's what I may have heard. So, Mike... Otogi is backwards compatible on Xbox Series X and S, and I believe you can buy it digitally on the yep. store for $19.99. Yes, I cool. just saw that right now. I was just that makes me happy because right yep. I just from found out that joints. I can yeah, I can true. play it other ways now, and I'm gonna yeah, go back and play it because I've always want. It's been a game that's been on my list to play forever, and I don't. I'm not gonna hook up my old Xbox, and I. That's cool, though. I'm, I'm glad. I'm always happy when, when games are re-released digitally different ways so people can experience them. This is why Xbox they just is never, great. They never got rid of it. It's more probably the... They never, <laughs> that's fine. No, that's I great, mean, though. That's the great thing about the Xbox is there's, like, crazy things on the Xbox. Yeah, like and, that and Panzer Blair, Dragoon way, Orda on that machine. <laughs> I know. They also have one of my favorite games uh, ever... That's uh, going to be on my top three for 2003 is SSX three is still available on the on the Xbox store. <laughs> um, you can buy it right now and play it on your Xbox Series X and glorious 4K. SSX three is so fucking solid. It is such a good snowboarding game. It's it, it like elevated, it like turned it slightly into an open world game where like you go down the mountain and then you can start different races based off the branch or you can go to different like tracks. And then you can press like the Y or X button to like zoom backwards like five seconds if you really oh shit I missed that turn for my level. And so it took everything out of a menu and it has like great stat progression. It was just it, it's the peak of the and that's the pun intended I guess the peak of the SSX uh, series is SSX three Chef's Kiss regu- regularly five dollars on sale on the Xbox Store. It's great. They never deleted. <laughs> you have to look into that. So <laughs> and Blair, do you have any other games that you want to mention? I was going to segue into one, but I think I'm going to save it for later and do something smaller because this is kind of cheating, but also kind of not. So in 2002, there was a Superman game that came out called Superman Shadow of Apocalypse. 
based on the Superman animated series, it's a very strong 6.57 out of 10. I consider it my favorite Superman game. In 2003, it came out on GameCube. What most people probably don't know, while they've probably forgotten this game exists, (laughs) the GameCube version is a quote-unquote director's cut that's not advertised as such. It added difficulty levels, which the PS2 version didn't have. It offered progressive scan support and behind-the-scenes stuff. So it's like secretly the best way to play one of the best Superman games. Keep your eyes peeled because I'm kind of working on something about it. Trying to keep down low in case it doesn't happen. And it had a companion game on the Game Boy Advance called Superman Countdown to Apocalypse, which is not great. But yeah, it's so weird that like this Superman game came out and then normally games came out on the same time. But then it gets a few months more and then new stuff added. It's like weird. It's such an interesting thing to me. No, that's cool, though. I've also I think I think I might have we might have talked about this game before somehow. But yeah, it's one I've never played. I don't really follow Superman stuff in general, but. That's cool. Ooh, well, you should change that because Superman is just absolutely the best. And <laughs> no, this game looks interesting. I'm, I'm looking up videos right now about it. This actually looks pretty cool. I'm gonna have to try this someday. Play it on GameCube. I would. Well, not the emulator GameCube, works really yes. well. FYI, <laughs> on your Steam Deck that I know you have. Yes, that's how I would play it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I play everything. If I can help it, everything is on Steam Deck. I don't know if this is breaking the rules, but um, so. I think 2003, I think it was started in North America. The Mega Man Battle Network anime started broadcasting in North America, I believe. There was an anime of that? Oh, yeah. yes. And, and it has multiple seasons. Right now, really? check your local listings. It's on Capcom's, YouTube, yeah. Capcom's Twitch channel is streaming marathons of it. They've been doing it all week. And it's on their YouTube channel in uh, preparation for the Battle Network Legacy Collection coming out next month, which I guess has Mega Man Battle Network which came out in 2003, yes. which was and the first one where they... Yes. Which, which we're is, not going to talk about. Is that the GameCube yeah. game? That's the GameCube game that yeah. sucks. It's really <laughs> hard. I, battle Network I have 3 completely is, skipped all of the Battle, all the battle Network Oh, stuff have, they're good? Well, I wouldn't they say are, they're good. Uh, they're they're good, something. but they're very familiar, and they get pretty tedious. Yes. And yeah, I'm, I I'm only worried. played three. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I'm curious about them. Do not play it, the GameCube one. No, that's like a 2D platformer. It's weird. It, um, it is an open world game that plays like the other Metroid games. Or not the other Metroid game, sorry. The other Mega Man games. But it keeps the Battle Network system. So you are fighting Mega Man 1 style bosses. But every few seconds you have to, you know, shut your brain off, pause it, and bring up your chips to actually be able to use some of your special attacks. Weird. And this was the year when they, because Mega Man Battler 1 and 2 came out, and 3 was when they got bold and were like, we're going to Pokemon this and just have blue and white. Mm-hmm. And then the year after, it was Red Sun and Blue Moon, and Team Protoman, Team Colonel, and then uh, Cyber the Beast, two Cyber Falster, Beast. and Cyber Beast Gregor, question mark? I, I was checked that so, right up. <laughs> the only ones I, I remember that. I just, I don't know why I've never actually messed with that series. I don't have an actual, like, reason i just never gotten around to it don't go too deep into it just because each media format that it's in is a completely different universe with completely different rules 
I don't I don't know how like one I really liked Mega Man Battle Network three blue, which I reviewed at the time and that came out for this year. Um, 2003 we're talking about. I like that one a lot. I don't know how you would play that switch game and play all six of that game. I feel like that would get very tedious if you wanted to play all six Battle Network games. Be, it was be a lot at the time because I remember I got Battle Network one and then two came out a couple months later and they were coming out every year. And the start of every game is like they teach you how to play. And it's like, I know how to shoot. I know how to use my chips. Like, stop teaching me like a dummy. (laughs) Oh, don't worry. Shameless plug when that Battle Network Legacy Collection comes out. I'm streaming every single one. Oh, really? Just to warn you guys, this might not be out by (laughs) then. And it's Let's Play Princess is is what your your handle is? The Let's Play Princess, yeah. On YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. Oh, my goodness. Except for Twitter, because that's too long. So it's the LP Princess. (laughs) Good luck. This comes out. This will be released May 2nd. So that's not bad. All right. So Advanced (laughs) Wars 2 is already out, possibly. Yes. The book type is also out, too. We'll find out. But but you know me. It was a really cool rpg what i played of it it was a little bullshitty and it's like i think it had random battles but like it was like a really fun weird plug-in world to mega man but it was like mega man were like different like all the bosses were like programs but they like also evoked like the name like you were fighting like a wily and a whatever you know cutman.exe file and the battle system is like kind of actiony but it's also slightly card based which I usually hate card-based RPGs, but you would go in like a little battle thing. And it was really cool. You were like on a grid, you would push your buttons, you would get like a different loadout each time. You'd fight, it'd be really cool. They made a cool roguelike using that battle mode called One Step from Eden. It's on, it's published by Humble Games like a year or two. Yeah, is that any good? I mean, if you like the battle network battle mode and don't really want to deal with all the bullshit of like walking back and forth and getting random battles, like the rest of the battle network, it's pretty good. I would pay less than $10 for it. But it, it got me the taste. I'm like, oh, because I, I missed Battle Network. I was like, man, it's been 20 years since I played this. I should get in. I'm like, I'm not going to deal with the, as Blair mentioned, all that teaching me how to play again. So <laughs> I played One Step from Eden. It's fine. And then, you know, my run was like 40 minutes. And I was like, I've got enough. And I walked away from it. So check it out if it's cheap or in like a humble bundle. Okay. Oh, and then there's another game that I'm, I'm scrolling through here. I have to mention. Uh, I don't have much to say. 13 came out in 2003 also. Ooh, I covered that on my on my video series. That was a game on all my friends. Right we here. also have I, an episode about that that I, oh, you I mean screwed the up hit, on the, the one first person shooter. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I was hey, sorry, David and Adam for West. a second. And I'm like, that's way too it's early. It's a good game. <laughs> it yeah, is. The remake is so, absolute garbage. So uh, you're lucky that. Well, maybe not that I'm here because I have reviewed both. 13 2020 and 13 2022 because they fixed the remake they fixed uh, it uh, yeah What's they got a, they hired another studio to fix it it's still not perfect <laughs> but i just go to comic book video games and look at my review for 13 2020 because i have like twitter videos of me falling through the floor it's so hilarious um it's not very fixed <laughs> But no, oh, this is when yes, this is for 2020 because they, they put it on a PS5 and Switch because originally it was supposed to come out on Switch and it never. And it's a shame because like 13, it's like a really strong 6-7, but it's it has so much style and the remake doesn't have any of that. Like I love like how it looks and like the onomatopoeia that comes out of your guns. Like David Duchovny is 
phoning it in is like doing a disservice to like his work. Because <laughs> like, oh my god, I just killed someone. It's like, you want to do a second take, David? No, I have to go. I'm like, okay, Next fine, line. cut. People <laughs> might have said I might have shot the president. I might. <laughs> Get even Adam West in here. Adam West is great in that movie. This style is so cool. Oh, that, I'm sorry, not the movie, that game. Like, that's, a, that's a quite the game. I, I was all in on it. That was I was very excited for 13. The multiplayer is actually it not bad. When here. I put you for the show, it? I don't think it's it's got that problem. I think where some of the levels are a little too long. Yeah, um, the, it was very very difficult even with save states, and that's yeah, the, it gets punishing at points. That's how I judge your game. If I'm having a hard time and I'm cheating, your game is a little too hard. But man, its style was so cool. Oh yeah, this I actually was, read the, the comic st- shell shading. I, I I started checking out the 13 comic. Because of this, Same. and then kind of lost interest because the, I felt like the, the the game story seemed more interesting than the the comics or the way it was telling it. But um, and then the there were several like thirteen tanker. movies. There were several thirteen movies with like and Val a Kilmer TV show. Yeah. Stephen Dorff and Val Kilmer. Yeah. <laughs> what a time! What a time to be alive. Oh, and I I never played this, but I was just I'm just scrolling through the, one of the games that came out in 2003. Is Yu Yu Hakusho Spirit Detective, which I just looked it up, it's like <laughs> top down action Game Boy Advance game. That's I'm I'm in. I love that show, by the way. Up until a point, but yeah, it's like the first season of the show, or up until the Dark Tournament. It goes to it looks like when they fight. Uh, what's his name? Toru, whatever. The Goro for the first time. Yeah, then you can stop. <laughs> the Dark Tournament's good. It just goes on for too long. Yeah, but then it also goes into the fact that his dad's a devil, and that's not a, that's not till after the dark tournament. Then you have the third the third season volume where then he fights the old spirit detective. Then it's after that they finally talk about then you have the demon tournament where they go into him being a devil. That's when it's fair enough. Should just kept him an awesome person. I also have there's Funko Pop of this, and I have all the Funko Pops for the series. There's not many. There's like six of them. But yes, Phoebe, any other games you want to mention? Oh, God, we could go down the list. Of course, we haven't talked about anything like Soul Calibur yet. Is Soul Calibur 2 this year? Soul Calibur 2 was 2003, and it's the first one where it has console-exclusive characters. You have AIG in the PS2 version, (laughs) and good old Allison and Spawn in the Xbox version, for whatever reason. (laughs) Don't have Master Chief or anything, just put Spawn in it. Burr, 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 burr. Nintendo fanboy yeah. here. Soul Calibur 2 sold the best. Right. Why Spawn? Because Soul Calibur 2 is the best one. <laughs> Why Spawn? Because Todd McFarlane designed the character Necrid, who is in Soul Calibur oh. 2. Also, Namco, that year, or possibly a year after, I get it mixed up, they were also working on a Spawn game, Spawn Armageddon. Oh, I was going to say Todd McFarlane's Evil Prophecy, but that was Konami. So that's a completely different studio and a completely different disaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that makes Link, sense. I, I forgot that he designed Necrid. The real answer is why not Spawn? Because you get Link in one game, which was the GameCube version that I bought full price. You get hey, Hachi in the PS2 version, which that, I thought was stupid, but I mean, it makes sense. What I stupid. just read, it was supposed to be Cloud. The deal broke. Man, I would have bought that. <laughs> so see, I played the GameCube version, and Same. even then, I didn't Everyone play as Link. I GameCube played a lot of Talon and Axie. I just played as Link. I played the entire game as Link, and that's all I did because that was the yep. only play, the only character that was I wanted to play as. That got me in the door. I've Phoebe, never Phoebe, played as you mentioned another one right. since this. You know, I, I, I think it was a savvy move to try to get Nintendo gamers who are notorious Nintendo fanboys 
to to pay attention to games by putting characters that they care about in there. I think they ended up doing it with an SSX game later, and we'll get to another game in just a sec about that. But but Phoebe, the only time I ever played Soul Calibur 2 was on the Nintendo GameCube preview disc, which famously <laughs> Nintendo never did demo discs. PlayStation had one like with like the jam packs and like their magazines. Like Thunder Volume month, 8 to... was my demo disc for the PlayStation right. one. So, yeah, I understand. Oh, my gosh. We, I spent a whole night just eating pizza and playing like Tony Hawk's level one because that was on one of my friend's demo discs. But Nintendo had the ball had released one demo disc. They had the they had the chutzpah to release it for $10. They charged you money for it. And it had, <laughs> Nintendo. And it had Soul Calibur 2 on it. The first level of Beautiful Joe. Yeah. The first level of Billy Hatcher and the first level of Splinter Cell. And maybe Man. the first level of Sonic Adventure DX and maybe a Big the Cat fishing level. I Was think Billy like Hatcher 2003? This. Can we talk about that? Yes, yes. 100%. I'm queuing you up. I have a Billy Hatcher shirt. It's amazing. It's a game. Oh, Blair, you were going to say something? No, I just I just remember my friend had this disc and I couldn't remember if it was Sonic Adventure or Sonic Heroes. Uh, now I don't know. Sonic Heroes no, did Sonic. come out in 2003. Well, we, yeah, we have Sonic Heroes as 2003, and we have Sonic Adventure, the DX version for the GameCube came out I this year. As Sonic well as Adventure Sonic DX. Advance 2. Pretty good year for Sonic, it seems. Yeah. Sonic, Sonic it was on Nintendo, which, you know, I, I fought on the side of the console wars, and, and Mario was my guy. So <laughs> Sonic still, was here. I've never played Billy Hatcher, but I think about that game every so often. I'm like, I want to play it for this podcast just because it's a solid 7.5 to 8 out of 10. Okay. I'm all right with that. There are some broken glitchy problems with that game and some other control wise problems, but it's solid. It just looks, I don't know what it is. It's one of those games that I'm like, this just because I loved GameCube because I had a GameCube first before PS2 and Xbox. So I looked at GameCube games more often, but they were always more expensive at EB games when I used to when I was during that era. So I would buy PS2 and Xbox first just because they were usually cheaper. The GameCube always had Nintendo tack added to it. Just imagine Val in Wonderworld, but good. It's it's the only game. It's the only game we'll mention whose creator has been arrested for insider trading like twice (laughs) for two separate companies. Well, I mean, we've already brought up 13 and that's, you know, problematic ubisoft so and there's probably at least two more games are going to bring up like <laughs> um, from that same publisher yeah beyond good and evil what's the other one splinter's what's the other one oh. it's 2003 never Prince played of persia the sands of yeah. time one of the oh, 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 three time. Also. Yeah, i never played it oh i i have oh, 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 would you like to be on the warrior within episode mike keeps texting me um and i would like a friend well <laughs> come on. no Mike has to do the Warrior Within episode by himself because a Mike uh, will stand alone. I've never played Warrior Within. Why is that the song for that game? Because it's in, it's in the game. Like that the Godsmack song? Uh, Oh yeah, three sixty one. I'll join for that episode. Warrior Within just looks so violent. It actually has a great story. It's just like so much. Like two thousand, like Prince of Persia has a great art style, but like people in that era were just, and it's, it's, I can't blame them because Grand Theft Auto was like the popular thing. Like people wanted mature stuff, so Prince of Persia comes out and has this like great art style, and people are like, ah, I don't care, it's, it looks like that. 
So then it's the same thing that happened to Jack, where it's like, okay, Jack's cartoony. Now we have to give him a goatee and guns, and he has to be edgy. Yeah, let's take this Banjo-Kazooie knockoff and then make it gritty. Like, let's make this excellent platformer, one of the greatest platformers of all time, and make it, like, the worst open-world game ever that's, like, hair-pullingly difficult. And... And then they put a warrior within, which has a great story. It's just like all the enemies are in like S&M gear and like it has some really cool chases. And then they kind of course corrected with the two thrones. It kind of brought it all together. But by gosh, Prince of Persia, like even have the comb over hair in warrior within. He just looks like he would listen to good Charlotte or him (laughs) in high school. And that's it it's so funny to think about because I haven't bought an Ubisoft game new probably since Rayman Origins or Legends, and I absolutely detest them. I hate the games they put out. I hate the people running it. I dislike everything about the company. But this year, they were firing an all-cylinder. And it's so funny mm-hmm. to think about, if I say the words Ubisoft in this conversation right now, you know exactly what you're thinking of. You're thinking of a bloated open world full of mm-hmm. stupid, obnoxious checkpoints, a hundred hours of pointless gameplay, Towers. and that's all of their games. How dare you insult my Far Cry, Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Immortals <laughs> Phoenix Rising, the Writer's Republic like that. How dare you? That's Ubisoft. TM. Don't forget half the Rainbow Six games. Yeah. And is the Division like that too? Probably. Um, I don't know. That's probably just another yeah. looter shooter. Yeah. But then this year, you have like a Batman beat em up, a stylish, cell shaded first person shooter, beautiful, well told story game with Prince of Persia Sands of Time, which is it just marries the medium of storytelling and video games so well. Like when you die, because the, the concept of the games of the princess, the prince is telling the story. So when you die, it's like, oh, no, no, I didn't fall down that hole. And it just it's it's so terrific. Oh, my God, I love it so much. And I was never a Prince of Persia guy. Like, even when this game came out, I was like, who cares about this Prince of Persia right. thing? And then it came out and no one cared. And it sold like crap. And by Christmas, I got it for twenty nine dollars with Splinter Cell at yep. Walmart. Brand new because they yep. couldn't give it away. The, the 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 murderer's row, uh, I call it, of fall 2003 Ubisoft games. Yeah, and you had the, that, and then Beyond Good and Evil, which I, we're definitely going to get into at some point. I got yeah. it for $9.99 at Walmart in yeah. December after it came. We can talk Beyond Good and Evil next. Yeah, like Prince of, that, is, oh. Prince of Persia is... Prince of Persia, I enjoyed it when we played it for the show. Mm-hmm. I just can't give me. It's one of those like I want to do that whole trilogy, and I just struggle to get to the second one because there's other stuff I'd rather talk about in the show. But that's that's a me problem. Well, and, not... and, and 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 that's where you're at. And I'm like, I would rather just jump to Forgotten Sands or Prince of Persia 2007 than than do Warrior Within or the the next one after that. Those are you know far more seven the cell shaded oh, one. Yeah, Prince of Persia 2000 is so bad. Oh eight, so I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, oh eight and. Oh, but to go on Beyond Good and Evil, I bought it for PS2 because everybody raved about it. I didn't really play it. And then it wasn't. And I actually tried to sell it. And then I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It was one of the the few games I took the GameStop to go sell. And I was like, no, I I just can't. And (laughs) because I just don't like selling games. And then I I played the HD version on 360. I beat it. And I did not like it when I played it. I got it it months after because I I remember people were raving about it. And it was totally under my radar. And then. 
I think I saw an old episode of Reviews on the Run, which you guys might have known about Judgment Day if you were yeah, even good old yeah. G4. I guess. <laughs> good old early G4. I guess. <laughs> uh, it's problematic. Oh, yeah. mm. Before what video game coverage wasn't. Yeah, true. <laughs> and then I rented it out and I was like, wow, this is Zelda meets Diddy Kong Racing meets like Pokemon Snap in this like excellent yeah. like package that shouldn't work. And I absolutely adore it. Because I liked it. You, you you said Pokemon Snap, but I felt it was like that visor scanning of Metroid Prime, but more interesting to me for like taking all the pictures of the different animals and stuff in the world. I love that part of the game. And we got that sequel coming out someday, right? Journalists. Um, right? Well, I think it was blown out 15 years ago. There was the was... trailer that came out, I want to say 2008 at E3. 2007, uh-huh. I think. And then I remember Michelle seeing and Paige then they, they... and Jade on the side of the road in a broken car. Right. Just her That's, meditating. Yeah. And even then, it felt like too long. It only been four or five years. Um, and then, and then I want to say they re-revealed it again, but it was like you can help create the content, and that was six or seven years ago at that the point. And then, yeah, out. the, the creator the has resigned in disgrace from Ubisoft. But so, that's the thing, because like that, the first I, I don't understand what they're doing with that. Like I don't, I just make something small. What is everyone's problem with trying to make the biggest stupid games in the world? And then small games come out and sell. And they're like, oh, my God, what a big surprise. Right. Like, like, as you mentioned, Rayman Origins is a great little game. Like, it scaled everything back with Rayman. Just this really nice little 2D platformer. And it's fucking great. But I remember watching a video about the creation of Beyond Good and Evil. I can't remember who did it. It might have been Gamers. And, like, he was like, oh, we're going to have this game with multiple planets. You can travel here and there. And then it gets scaled down to this very personal story about these people on this small place that sets itself up for a sequel. And then they show the sequel trailer, which is a prequel with like a swearing monkey person. And I was like, oh, cool. This is exactly what I waited two decades for. <laughs> right? Yeah. We, I, man, because I love Jade. I love Jade, Paige, Triple H, the Doms, Alpha Sector, whatever it's called, all of them. I love Helios. It, that game is so beautiful and distinct. Then they release, like you said, that side of the road trailer. Then they release the second trailer where it's just what may or may not be Jade running through a marketplace. All of a sudden, oh, it's a it's a prequel, but we're still calling it two. And like you said, the swearing monkey. And the more they show of it, the more I just go, yeah, it's a it's another that is dead. Ubisoft <laughs> game. If it even ever comes out, which sucks because. They were so willing to make a new Beyond Good and Evil that they even gave out free copies of the new one with string cheese or whatever the promotion was a couple of years ago. And it, there's nothing. And it drives me crazy because this is a huge game for, for me. Right. And this deserves a sequel or at least a trilogy. And so we're just getting a, a prequel. That means nothing and it'll be another bloated ubisoft game with towers it's not coming out don't worry (laughs) it's not coming out ubisoft will be bankrupt before that comes out we're not doing good right i believe i used to really like them but yeah they're not good me too i still think beautiful joe 3 will come out at some point (laughs) hopeful and a game that could happen Maybe one of us has played on this podcast. I'm hoping because I want to hear 
a brief minute about it. Aquaman Battle for Atlantis comes out. Oh my god. I played it for five seconds. I own both versions. Thing um, to say. Uh, only thing that can be said is that if going back to the G4 problematic stuff, X Play made a bad award show out of it called the Golden Mullet. <laughs> I Oh, I remember this being on X Play. Yes, one hundred percent. Um <laughs> it's, I have a copy. I I I think I played it on 360. It doesn't run that well. It introduced me to Ocean Master because I didn't know who hey. Ocean Master was. <laughs> I mean, that's a good thing. Played by Night Owl 2 in the movie. <laughs> I uh, I really like I would I would play the shit out of an Aquaman game, but yeah, this wasn't. Who was asking for an Aquaman game in 2003? And this is someone from who loves Aquaman. <laughs> Yeah, no. Aquaman was a punchline. They made fun of him on Entourage around this time. That's what. Yeah, he was like badass in like Justice League, where he like chopped off his hand to save his kid. Like that was cool as hell. But yeah, he's a cool character. I know he's great, but like from a business perspective, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Pno three came out in two thousand three. Also, part of the Capcom five slash Capcom four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I have a copy of this game behind me. And I paid like five bucks for, but I know a guy who bought this game the day it came out for fifty bucks and was pissed because this is high school. We don't have money, you know. And here you are putting your, you know, you get you get you get your game. He bought this game, beat it in like two hours, and was just angry. Like from the creator of Resident Evil comes this thing. It's not it's like very great. I mean, laser fighting. Hey, for five bucks or ten bucks, whatever I paid for it at the time, like it was great. You know, I I, I had my little part time job where I made a, you know I made like sixty bucks a week, and I spent a little bit of it on this game. Like it was fine. But if you bought the game for full price, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> I just had to mention that it came out. I actually I liked it. I kind of want to replay it someday just because. But yeah, we'll see. I have it. I think. <laughs> But yeah, yeah the, this, the, this this ties a lot to like Vanquish. I feel like Vanquish is probably a better version of this game. Yeah, probably. Yeah, Vanquish. I've I've been wanting to play Vanquish forever, but haven't got around to it. That is not 2003. <laughs> no, that'd be 2008. But also a Mikami game. So? Yeah, yeah. It's always a bit. Yeah, yeah. I remember PNO three, and I'm looking now that that PN stands for Product Number Three. Man, this was really they didn't fucking put any time in the naming of this. Like, no. This is the third product of the Capcom Five. Sure, why not? Uh. <laughs> Because Nintendo well, famously like, made what? a deal with the the Capcom Five are Beautiful Joe, Resident Evil Four, Piano sure. Three, and there sure. are two others. Kill- that Killer, Killer Seven, Seven? Was Killer and Seven Phoenix something that never came out. Dark Phoenix yeah. got canceled. Yeah, Killer Seven's great, which has been on the show. Resident Evil Four has been on the show. Beautiful Joe has been on the show. Pian's the only one that hasn't been on the show. Killer Seven, I would love to play. It's on my Steam. You should. You really should. I will always. Tell everyone they should play the game. We should talk about Beautiful Joe real quick. I don't have a lot to say, but I, you guys might have more. I played it back when it came out because I had a friend of mine that was a big GameCube stan. He just freaking loved Nintendo. He's like, and he was always trying to convince people to buy GameCube and not PS2 or Xbox. And he got me to buy Beautiful Joe, and I, I liked it, but I was never good enough. And then I, it's one of the only games for this show because I couldn't emulate at the time where I couldn't get through it because I just I wasn't good enough. But yeah, <laughs> the game's hard to sell. It is. Yeah, I, I, play, yeah, I, I only know it from the demo. Yeah, I only know it from the demo. And then I, I was really, I got really good at the demo level. And then the the rest of the game got really overwhelming when I tried to play it. To sec- I, uh, the full game. I, I got it on PS2 and I really struggled. And I 
I think I ended up trading it in, but then I bought it again. And then I just watched a bunch of tutorial videos about how to do things but when YouTube was around. And then I really got into it and I got the whole series. I have a really cool, beautiful Joe Tatapu on my shelf that I really oh, like. <laughs> cool. Lucky. Yeah. I, no, go ahead, Phoebe. I was trailing. I love this series. I watched the anime a lot. I can do the the hand signal that he does. Mention a go-go baby. I played the first two games. I still love the first two games, but I haven't played the DS one. And that Ash clone that they did at Red Hot Rumble is it's garbage. Don't Red play Hot it. Rumble, yeah. Do you have I, a DS? I, I have the DS. I would love to get it for the Desume. Shh, don't tell Nintendo. <laughs> no, I was I like, do you do you have like a DS console presently? No. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I is Double Trouble that good? Well, no, I, I was about to say, like, I think I have a copy. And if if you needed it, I would have sent it to you. But like, <laughs> I I have enough stores around me currently that do sell DSs that I could probably get one. I think yeah, I also, also have some of the episodes on DVD that I bought a Canadian tire up here. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, and a game that I want to mention, I can't say a whole lot about because I've never played it. But it did come out in 2003, and I, I think about it every once in a while. Command & Conquer General, which is one of the last <laughs> My roommate Command & Conquer that. games. Not the last, there's a few others. But that came out in 03, which is probably super problematic now because one of the forces you fight is essentially like, you know, it's all on the terrorist type thing, hmm. which is probably super did, fucking racist now. Did that still have the FMV video? So they, they, they cut that because General was like remember anything about general other my friend bought it he showed it to me because we were big fans of command and conquer one and Ti- we like tiberian sun and red alert and red alert two uh-huh. but i've never like i don't know if you can even buy generals anymore like i don't know if it's exists I'm, in any shape or form i just it, it came out this year i had to mention it. they've they've remastered all of the red alert early yes. era in the first year but those are all sprite based and generals was 3d based so yeah, all the I, uh, all the uh, figures were like polygonal, kind of like, I guess, Warcraft three, whenever that came out. I don't um, know if that Warcraft three expansion comes out in 2003 also. Oh, oh Frozen, Fins- Throne? Uh, Frozen Throne. OK, yeah, but I never I can't speak to it. Never played it. But yeah, that, that was uh, my roommate played that a lot. But I cannot remember if it had like the goofy Tim Curry style FMVs or not. Oh, I, I was going to ask which one Tim Curry was in. Get- He's in Red Alert. Buys. That's the that's the Russia one, right? Yes. Red Alert's yeah. really good. Oh, a random game that came out in 2003, Indiana Jones and the Emperor's Tomb came out for Xbox, which is like a Tomb Raider Indiana Jones game that I actually played some point around like 2010 that it's actually not bad. I and bought I it from my room for $1.99. From what I remember. I liked it when I played it. I've been wanting to go back and replay it again. But I remember re- thinking like this is actually really damn cool. Yeah, I I am um, I bought yeah I, I bought it for my roommate for like a dollar ninety nine at EB Games one day, and I went to try it a few years ago after they announced that Indiana Jones game that they've been oddly quiet about. The manual is really cool. I miss good manuals because it's like it's like his journal is like how it's laid out. So cool. That's cool. <laughs> remember when manuals were a thing. <laughs> They still make them on and off. They just yeah. have to add stuff like exclusive interviews to make sure you buy it now since the internet exists. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to spend $100 and limited run will give you one in a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Phoebe, do you have any games you want to shout out? We haven't talked uh, about Ape yet? Escape 2 came out this year. Okay. Ape Escape, a 
you know, an IP that Sony will never give any more love to. Hey, there's iToy games. stuff. It took them that long to make Ape Escape 2? Yeah. Because that was a PS1 DualShock game. The first one. (laughs) Yep. Then Ape Escape 2, and then Ape Escape 3. Million Monkeys never came out in America, as far as I'm aware. And then the series just died. But Ape Escape 2 is really cute. You're playing as a new character who has a little baby monkey that's his best friend, and the baby monkey gets kidnapped, and it's it's just a really cute, fun game. They're all fun games. Which one's on PS4? Is that 2 or 3? Uh, the store? Yeah, because I think I bought one of them. One and two are both on the digital store. Three hasn't come out digitally, which is weird, because I think two is a Ubisoft game, and three no, is a Sony game. Like but... PS4 had a bunch of PS2 games you could buy, and I think I right. bought one of them. I want to say Ape Escape 3 has like Metal Gear Solid modes. It does. Well. It does. But uh, that's not this year, but... I was going to say, if we're going to talk about Ape Escape 3 real quick, that game has a weird difficulty thing going on because there is no difficulty setting and both characters play pretty much exactly the same. But the female character is technically easy mode because there are a few monkeys that enjoy her because she's a pop idol. So they'll completely stand still and let you catch them. (laughs) That's so weird. But I think the boss fight against Pink Monkey is harder because she's also trying to be a pop idol, so she's your rival? It's so weird. So apparently Ape Escape 2, you can buy it on PlayStation 4, and I'm hearing that it's a glitchy mess on PlayStation 5. I don't know how it plays on PlayStation 4. Oh, no. God, I hope and not. Episode 101 again. If you want to hear us talk about Ape Escape 3. As I was say, I think one of you brought up earlier that uh, Okogi, or whatever it was called, was a Okogi. From Software game. Oh, I forgot right. it was from software, but yeah. So so this was right after 2003, January 2004. Hey, FromSoft and Sony, if you're listening to this, can you release Echo Knight on the PlayStation Store digitally, please? They're not. I know, <laughs> but <laughs> Sony really doesn't release anything. They won't release anything unless you really love Gabe, Crazy Legs, Logan from the Siphon Filter series. It's, it's so <laughs> I don't know if I brought this up on another podcast or what, but man, oh man, Sony really doesn't like to release anything of their own IPs every once in a while. They own Twisted Metal, and the only one that's on the digital store is Twisted Metal Black. That makes no sense. Sony only likes putting out games that make them smell their own farts. (laughs) (laughs) Put out Twisted Metal 2, it's the best one! They only care about they're God of Wars, they're a Last of Us, they're upon the oars. They don't, like I was listening to Mike's episode about God of War last week, and they're like, why don't they re-release it? Like, Sony is ashamed of those well, games now. Well, hey, 2003 <laughs> games, Sony, Sony exclusive, I'm pretty sure. Fatal Frame 2. Why don't you put that on the store? Actually, I have no idea if it's on the store or not. <laughs> Which is, all of these were all on PlayStation 3. Like, I have a bunch of Fatal Frame games on PlayStation 3. Like, the PlayStation 3 was such a great Sony machine, and we'll never see that again. We'll see, like, a remake of, like, Spider-Man again and Horizon again before we'll see, like, (laughs) Sly Cooper come back. Yeah, why are the stores completely different? Why does PS3 get its own weird special digital store where you can get Parasite Eve and all this other stuff? Because the PlayStation 3 is the Sega Saturn of Sony's system. Oh, jeez. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the yeah. and that it's secretly great, but it has terrible architecture that's so hard to deal with that they don't want to put in the effort to deal with it. Yeah, because uh, because even like they're even they're like whatever their Game Pass equivalent, like they you can download all games except for PS3. And then they have like weird server farms for the PS3 to like play like Metal Gear Solid 4 because it's less effort than trying to figure out how to get Metal Gear Solid 4 off of off of the <laughs> PS3. Like the PlayStation Three, it's like you can get like the Mega Man Legends trilogy and the Crash trilogy and the Spyro trilogy and Tomba One and Two and Parasite Eve One and Two and Dino Crisis One and Two. Did you say Tomba? Yeah, yeah. Like the pink-haired caveman yeah. yep. kid. I love that game. Yeah. <laughs> All of these run PlayStation Three, and then they put out this service. We're like, we're going to re-release a bunch of classic games. Here's Intelligent Cube and Siphon Filter 1, 2, and 3. Like, thanks, Ugh. Sony. Frickin' Siphon Filter. Here's Effect. That's a terrible game that it's on this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> I covered like, it. Give us $200 a year, please. I was sorry, too. <laughs> I was very sorry. I hated that game. But speaking of a game I didn't hate that came out in 2003, uh, GTA Vice City comes out in 2003. It was 2002. That's an O2 game. Oh, fuck. It showed up in my 2003 list. Nope. Maybe oh, on out in Windows in 2003. Maybe on Xbox. If, on Xbox, maybe. Okay, then I will leave it at that. But, oh, another game that did come out in 2003, so I don't, you know, curb over myself. Golden Sun The Lost Age, which is a great, yeah, that's great RPG. I uh, want to play that and the original so You need bad. to play both, but I would... Mm-hmm. I think you do. I, I really <laughs> love both of them. I did them on this podcast. But don't play I, I the third Golden one, Sun right? The Lost Age is an amazing no. completion to that first game. Amazing completion. Both of them together are amazing games. But you, I played on my phone. That's the right way to play it because then it's always in your pocket. You can just pull it up and just do it. Would you so. say to play the third game as well, or just the only? I have played third one. I can't speak to it. I hear it's bad. I hear people are pushing like it needs to be demade to be more like the GBA games. Dark Dawn, I think. Yeah, I just, or you oh could God. just keep it as duology. Same thing with the right. lunar franchise. What's up with them just putting all these older, unloved games or these series onto the DS and giving them a weird third or extra cop uh, addition to the series? That yeah, because like wasn't Lufia needed. had like a weird thing, didn't it? Yeah, an action RPG so. for Lufia. The weird. DS install base was huge. And, like, the DS is such a fascinating time for games because the install base was so big that, like, people who were behind big studios wanted to make DS games. Like, you have Tironoba Itagaki. Name doesn't mean much now, but he's like, I want to do Ninja Gaiden on DS, and it's terrific. And then you have, like... The doctors from Bioware who like we want to do a Sonic RPG on this thing, uh, <laughs> which is not terrific. I like that game. Uh, I tried. Leave it at that. But I it's really just like tried, but I, these I can't do big the big name studios who wanted to do this. Like everybody wanted to be on that system. What a time! And then it then it, it, it was very similar, to like the PS uh, PS One. So it was like easy to develop 3D for. Oh man, that's such a good thing. That's such a good system for RPGs. P- DS. But that's not here today. We're not talking about DS. Talking <laughs> about other uh, mediocre well, Vincent, RPGs. Why don't you yes, pick a game? Oh, dude, I got I got so much. We got we haven't even hit my hit my big hitters yet. We're gonna talk about actually want to talk about the Game Boy Advance SP came out in 2003, which is Nintendo's first lit Game Boy in America because the Game Boy Light technically came out 
in Japan only. But it was it was a revelation. It was the Game Boy Advance, which was notoriously dark. People like voided their warranties with like afterburner kits and bullshit. Couldn't see Circle of the Moon, as we mentioned. But it was a lit Game Boy that was like a little clamshell. It was real tiny. It fits in my any pocket. The best system ever. It was so cool. Um, and it was it had a lithium battery, so I never had to ever buy double A's or triple A's for my Game Boys ever again. So which enough. They did sacrifice the headphone port for it, which is stupid. <laughs> but but it the closed shut and I could play lights and I was a theater kid. So I just be like backstage, like because I was not a very good actor. So I never had like a big role just playing Game Boy Advance games in the dark backstage. Um, and it was great. It was it that that's the highlight of my 03. And when we're talking about like great Game Boy Advance games here, like it's because that like that GBA SP is great. I mean, I really love it and I'm happy it exists. And it came out the same day as Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, which is when I actually jumped off the Pokemon ship for like a decade. For some reason, I don't like Gen 3 of Pokemon. I know a lot of people do, but that came out also in 03. GBASP and Pokemon. And Superstar Saga. Superstar Saga, that game. Okay, that's 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 the game. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. That also that, came out at this time. Yeah, that was like a that An was like a November RPG. Game. So good. It's the legacy of like Super Mario RPG, which was like baby's first RPG for me. But man, I love Super Mario. RPG. Except for the end, I've heard it's hard as hell. Oh my gosh, I love that. Oh, I love Super Mario Star? RPG. Well, not yeah, Mario, RPG. Super, Mario Luigi Superstar Saga. I heard the end. Yeah, the ending of that game can be a little hard. The falafel fight is. Yeah, ooh. Trey from the Nintendo, Nintendo Main Podcast was talking about it recently. So I got to give him a shout out. And that's so I, I have never played it, though. More it's than so like, I mean, it, it's it's I think that the later Mario and Luigi's like refine it a bit because I played the 3DS remake and there's like some moves that are like a little extraneous and like a little bit of bullshit. But at the time, it was like a really, really funny RPG. It was one of those like active RPGs like the Super Mario RPGs are where you have to like push A to like time right. The B and A buttons controlled Mario and Luigi separately. Luigi was really, really funny in it. Um, it was very amusing. The Koopa Kids came back in it as separate bosses. The Koopa Kids hadn't been seen since like Mario World, which was like, what, 91, 92? Um, so they hadn't been seen in 12 years. I the amount of like Nintendo fan service for it. I was just like over the moon for Mario and Luigi one. I loved that movie or that game so much. It was so great. Good old Princess Luigi and Princess Peach's outfit. And the fact that we had E.Gad as a weird side character confirming that the <laughs> Luigi's Mansion is in some way canon. He just runs a, a coffee shop. <laughs> What a game. It was so good. I'm going to replay that one. I really liked Paper Jam. That was that one was, was a really good one where they merged it with the Paper Mario series. That's what I heard. Uh, I when I did we did Paper Mario not so long ago, people brought it up. It's it's a little as these Mario Luigi games are, they they outstay their welcome. But at the time they are a lot of fun. And they're they're fun to dip back into. But I really liked Mario Luigi one. That was that was one of my favorite games of 03. But not my favorite game. We'll get to that. Oh, and the now game, the, you can play it on the Switch. The last game that oh, came you out. Can, yeah. 2003 is Sonic Heroes. I have to mention that. <laughs> I had this in 2004. I think I played it. Wasn't wouldn't have been. Yeah, must, I've never beat it, but I remember really liking it. Where you had the the parties of three people each. I know. That's, oh, well, I said that Nintendo never released a demo disc. That's wrong because I did play the Sonic Heroes demo because it was on Mario Kart Double Dash. As the second disc packed into Mario Kart Double Dash was a Sonic Heroes demo. That's cool. Yeah. Double Dash came out in 2003 also. Yes, oh, it did. God. That's like I the last time I cared about Mario Kart. 
Dude, and I, I I threw my wave bird against the wall because it was the first time I ever actually understood Mario Kart's rubber banding. I was like, at I was, it was at that thing, you know, where you just hit like three shells mm-hmm. like in quick succession and you lose the cup. And then I was like, I hate Mario Kart and I will never like this series again. And I will just go play Diddy Kong Racing. And he doesn't know about the three shells. <laughs> <laughs> actually got an explanation and it's dumber than you think. <laughs> it did. I always think about Sonic Heroes too. That's not one of those random games where like I never finished it because you have to like redo all you have to beat all the levels with each of the four teams and it was just too much. I think it's four teams or something. It's four teams and they're each a different mode. Amy's easy, Sonic is the normal difficulty, Team Dark is hard, and Team KX is a weird puzzle mode with collectibles and other stuff. So Maybe. so it's still are, are you telling me that a Sonic game has some bullshit you got to put up with? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but so, I really so want to do it. Like I did Shadow the Hedgehog on this podcast. That game is garbage. This is who you are. Um, what? But... <laughs> garbage. Garbage game. But I, I just, <laughs> I keep thinking about these games and I'm like, man, I want to play Sonic Heroes one day. And the fact that it's 2003, I had to mention it like one day. So because, because they never came out with a Sonic Adventure 3. This was the third 3D Sonic game. Um, yeah. Essentially, but I, I remember like them all being like hand locked. Like I had three bros at the same time. It was like Sonic Tails and and Knuckles, like yep. all running together at the same time. Like wide yes. is that? And you can switch, and they each do different things or something. Yeah, I don't remember Sonic a whole lot speed, about it. Tails was flight, and Knuckles was power, and I think everyone had that kind of dynamic. Yeah, and it's did, not so, a game. Did but did it I still have the same bullshit, Phoebe? You're saying like with the teams where. Because, like, I hated, like, the Knuckles levels of Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, no, no, nothing like that. No, the, the big problem with Sonic Heroes is that some of those levels go on too long. Because, man, if you didn't like the combat when you're playing Werewolf Sonic in Sonic Unleashed, you're definitely not going to like Sonic Heroes. Because every every single enemy, even the little grunt robots, has a health bar that's at least three pips long. Really? So you oh, have gosh. to homing attack it three times. Or switch to Knuckles and throw Sonic and Tails as at them as projectiles of few which takes away from fast yeah and also the lock-on on that game is atrocious i can believe that at the very <sighs> least there are super moves so you can fill a bar with either collectibles getting rings or being enough enemies and this bar fills up and you can i think on the gamecube version it's the z button and it will just do a little cutscene it's the same cutscene every time and it's a complete screen wipe I just I have this game and I'm always like one day I got to get around to it. But it is also Sonic Adventure 3. I don't care what people say. It is Sonic Adventure 3. It ties both games up into its plot. It has a finale that actually brings back Froggy and Chaos and all these little threads actually come together at the end of it. That's one day. I did Sonic Adventure 2 on the show because I fucking love Sonic Adventure 2 so much. It's such a good game. It really is. But another game that we should talk about some good games, and this one I've been kind of saving, uh, Silent Hill 3, at least the PC version, came out in 2003. I don't know if the PS2 version, I'm looking right now. Yeah, PS2 version 2003, too. Okay. So, that one connects I, back Silent to the original is... Silent Hill 1, right? Because Silent Hill 2 is its own story? Silent Hill yeah. 3 is a... C- yeah, because you play as the girl from 1, but now grown up. Okay. Yeah, Cheryl, who's now yeah. Heather. 3 is really, really good. And you don't play as a bullshit character that is an asshole that you hate. So it's it's great. Are you talking about Harry or are you talking about James? James. James. I don't like James. 
Really? Huh? You're not supposed to. That's the point. Oh, no, yeah. but when I replayed <laughs> two for this podcast and I knew everything about James, I just I was having a really hard time playing the game. I don't know. But I, I really like three. I think three was a great game and it was 2003. So I had to mention it there. So, yeah. And any, anything else you guys have about Silent Hill three? No, I don't. Silent Hill three. Uh, it was at that time. It wasn't until like 2006 or 2007 where I finally got Silent Hill. I always kept trying them, but I would always lose the narrative. Like, I just, I didn't get it. And then I rented three and I tried it and I was, I got stuck and I didn't have, I don't know, I probably had the internet then. Yes, because I was getting it sent back and forth between university. And I just, I didn't care. And a few years later, I picked it up. I watched Benjamin Rivers stream it a while ago, and it it kind of drags at the beginning, from what I remember. Like, it goes on very long. It's in really boring environments. But I remember enjoying it. I just haven't played it in a while to really talk about it intelligently. I played what it. I can talk about intelligently <laughs> is the licensed games that broke me. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> well, it's a combination of X2 Wolverine's Revenge... Evil Dead, Fistful of Boomstick, and Enter the <laughs> Matrix. And we'll throw in Hulk there for some good measure. Although Hulk has some merit because Hulk it has a great style. And it's kind of the blueprint for where they would take ultimate destruction. That's the great one, right? Yes, yes that's, that's the open world one. And this is kind of like the blueprint. It's the same people. Uh, Radical Entertainment, rest in peace. X2 Wolverine's Revenge, I remember being really excited for it. Because I, I had an X2 countdown calendar app on my computer which would slow it down every morning until i turned it off um <laughs> i was so excited to see x-men 2 and then i got the x-men video game where you play as wolverine as voiced by mark hamill and it's a stealth game that is incredibly hard and punishing and no this wasn't the one i broke controller off this was me playing spider-man the movie game previously but it was around that same time right and then the evil dead game I, I was a sucker for like the evil dead games where you play as like Bruce Campbell and he's doing the voice. He's cracking wise, mm -hmm. but it's just this very boring, tedious budget game. And then, of course, the granddaddy of all licensed games from that era under the Matrix, where everyone was on the Matrix hype train. Like you have to buy this game with a shiny cover and the code and you don't understand the whole plot of the movie. You have to play the game and buy the Animatrix and probably drink a soft drink somewhere <laughs> very ambitious game but very very flawed <laughs> i think the, the edge i think had a really i think it was edge had like a great post-mortem on that game where like the wachowskis were supposed to be like the uh, villain of the game like it was supposed to get like super meta but yeah like it, 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 it followed like jada pinkett smith's character which like i never really glommed onto for the matrix sequels and she was also in the the fourth matrix yep I was like, hey, it's, I was, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see you but like I want to play as Neo, like so. Like, yeah, I don't you do another game story. that comes out a couple years later, you get Path of Neo, but I never played right. that. That actually I've heard has good things about it. as the final villain, technically. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That's... They show up as two pixelated Atari-style stickmen, and they're just wow. like, funny. Hey, so we know that the uh, that the final boss against Smith Agent would be Smith super boring, so, so we're gonna up this Smith. up a little bit. Yeah, and they make a <laughs> kaiju out of him. Amazing. Weird. Amazing. That's also the game that has the longest combo in video game history. It's the combo called The One, and it's about 40 button presses. 
Damn. Oh, I, I am curious that about around. that. It should be one button that you push. <laughs> like, like one punch man or something. I do have one other game that I have to mention quickly. Uh, I never beat it, so I don't have a whole lot to say. But Final Fantasy X-2 came out in 2003. My roommate also liked that game. Yes, he It's did. a good game. I gave it a lot of shit in 2003 because uh-huh. younger Mike, high school Mike, was too cool for a, an all-girl game. And 35-year-old yeah. Mike, like, yeah, sign me up. But <laughs> I, I really want to go back for, back to it because I feel like I know it's, a, got a, it's a really good game underneath everything. And I think I would accept the more, like, Charlie's Angels theme a lot better. I, I, my under, my my memory is that all of the Final Fantasy sequels, like Ten Two and Thirteen Two and Lightning Returns, like cut a lot of the bullshit from their original game. Um, it really turned out pretty good. Like Thirteen adds layers, or like like Ten Two adds layers upon layers upon <laughs> really layers. I was gonna say Thirteen Two is good. Lightning Returns yes, is. is a fucking atrocious okay. monstrosity. Never played it yet. Don't I never played Final Fantasy X <laughs> until this year. Oh, I played during the summer because I I die, I don't like RPGs. I would rather watch people play them. Like I Final Fantasy, we never got until I never played anyone's on Super Nintendo. My brother got Final Fantasy VII. I watched him play that. He got Final Fantasy VIII. I watched him play that. He went to university in Final Fantasy IX, so I had to do that on my own, which I did. And then ten. I played that year and I really, really loved it. And I was really excited to play 10 too, but I was in university and it's not a game that you can play casually. Like you have to do so much stuff. Like I have a coworker who is playing it now and she was like, Oh my God, I spent hours just doing this dungeon for like days to get like a fraction of a percent towards the best ending. Uh But it's got, are there multiple endings in Mm -hmm. 10 too? I'm sorry, I was singing. What? Was yeah. Mike going to do real emotion? I can. What can I, I do for you? <laughs> what can I do for you? That's all I remember that song. Yeah, does does Ten Two have multiple endings? Yes. Oh God. And like you have to do certain things at certain times, and if you don't, then you're locked out of them. Like there's one point early in the game where you have to make monkey couples. What? Like you have to <laughs> pair up monkey couples. I need to, to make them hand. fall in love. And if you it's don't good. do that, then you lose. It doesn't so matter money. now because there's a novel that takes place after 10 2 that completely undoes everything again. That's fine. Whatever. It's still a great game. Like, it's still got a very, a very time. good battle system. By Third the way. time. Yeah. The dress sphere system is really cool. It, it has a really deep system that uh, it's just something. And I remember once I, I got out of school for that summer, I think my mom bought me the strategy guide and then I tried to do it and I was like, I, I can't do this. This is too much. And I was like at home in like the Dursley's period of university where I'm just like living in the closet playing games. And even <laughs> then I was like, this is too much. I can't do this. Like I like Final Fantasy X because it was a nice breezy straight line and I loved all the characters and I loved all the story and I was like I don't have the patience to max out the monkey love in this game. Ten's also great. Okay. Oh, Vincent, do you have a game you want to mention? Oh yes, I have I have I have I have a dozen games I want to mention, but we'll we'll do a lightning <laughs> round here of Game Boy Advance games that I find fascinating but for quick reasons. Mega Man and Bass, Mega oh, Man oh, yeah. Ace. Yeah, Rock that Man was this Fort. year. Yeah, well, the GBA port that like just cut the resolution and made a lot of blind jumps and kind of fucked with you. A Super Famicom only game never came to America, but would have been, I guess, after Mega Man 7? It takes place after it was 7. After eight. Is it after 8? 
Yeah, because some of the bosses from Eight are Astromans in it. And Antagonist. Antagonist. Yeah. Someone else. So I Antagonist. probably should have put it on the show before we do nine, but that's not happening. So, oh well. Yeah. <laughs> Rockman and Forte. But speaking of Astroman, Astro Boy is oh, was a it this year? Omega yeah. Factor. Yeah, I believe so. Treasure game. Um, yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, like Game Boy Advance GBASP was really, really good, and that was just like a really great, like one of the last great treasure games. So if you liked Guardian Heroes or any of those kind of things, like. Omega Factor. Oh, North America, 2004, Japan, 03. I fucked up. Okay, well, that's, that's on me. If it's that's 03 for something, that's fine. Okay, well, we got that. And then we, I, I re- a, a weird Game Boy Game Advance game that I, re- Game Boy Advance game I left, Crazy Taxi Catch a Ride. They put all of Crazy Taxi 1 into the Game Boy Advance at like 15 frames a second, but they made it work in 3D. No Offspring songs. It's very... Oh, uh, no! It's yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like music licensing is always so just. Ugh. But I don't think I don't know how that would have gone out of the. G- no, it probably wouldn't have worked. But still, like I mean, that's some of those games, like like Tony Hawk. If you don't have the music, it's not going to be Tony Hawk. So, you know, you need that music to hit that nostalgic, like random comment. But if I go into in New Dalhi in Xenogears or whatever the hell the name of that desert town is, and I don't hear, I'm not going to be happy. Someone else got that reference somewhere out there. But but I do I love Crazy Taxi in all its forms. I have it on PSP. I have it on any system. I play it like every year and I love it. Um, and then two big series that started on GBA in 03. Um, WarioWare came out for the first time in 2003 on the Game Boy Advance. We all know about WarioWare. <laughs> and Fire Emblem, which I was hot off the heels of Intelligent Systems, Advance Wars 1 and 2. And then they're like, here's their other series that's very, very similar. And I'm like, hell yeah, sign me up. Fire Emblem, and then I realized, oh, there's permadeath here, and I can't just send all my guys to death. And even then, I love Tactics Ogre and Final Fantasy Tactics to an extent, so I was kind of on board, but Fire Emblem GBA starts here. So you have, this was the first American one. It didn't even have Ike and Marth, because that was the GBA game before that, that was Japan only. So you wouldn't have any carryover characters from Smash Brothers. Which is really weird. It's really weird, because I think Fire Emblem 7 is the one with Ike and Marth. Or maybe we got Fire Emblem. So I don't know. But I but don't know like, the series well enough Fire to things, Fire Emblem came to the US because of Smash Bros. Melee on that. People are like, who are these characters? And that was kind of like a Trojan horse. But then we didn't have those characters in our Fire Emblem games for for a while, if ever. So it's kind of weird. But if you like Advance Wars one and two, as I did at the time, I was all in on Fire Emblem. Can we don't get yeah. Marth, I think, to the Shadow Dragon game, which is DS or 3DS? I, I also I don't know Fire Emblem well enough. I feel okay, like I don't. I feel like it's much. characters just named Mark. Also, I don't I know if it's only beat the first GBA one, and that's the only one I've ever played. Okay, I can't speak to them. Unfortunately, I wish I, I could. There was I a, know they're good. I want to say the 3DS one Awakening had a cute girl Mark. It was just a cute girl with purple hair. So I don't remember exactly. Right in to games my mom found. Actually, join the Patreon games my mom found and tell I us. Also, join the Discord too. But tell yeah. us how wrong we are. <laughs> Please, no, please do. <laughs> There's so many different ways to engage with us to tell us how we're wrong. Find them all. <laughs> Just link in the show notes. <laughs> uh, Blair, do you have some games you want to mention that we haven't gotten to yet? Yeah, I'll do a quick. I never played this until a year after, but actually, I kind of brought it up earlier. I was impressed by how Naughty Dog was willing to like totally do a 180 on the Jack franchise that actually went back and played Jack 1 this year. And I loved it. And then I played Jack 2 eventually and hate it because it's a bad game. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. It's Oh, yeah. It's Jack bad. 2 is. 
All three. Did you did you do an episode on Jack two? No, I haven't touched any of the Jacks on purpose. Oh, Jack one is great. Jack two is hot trash. I'm glad I loved Jack and Dexter one. I was so happy with that game. And then Me I just too, looked but at I Jack think... two and I was like. At that time of my life, I was like, oh, Jack one is like a baby game. And then I remember I I bought it and my brother came home and I was like, I can't let him see me enjoying this game. And would like turn it off when he entered a room. And then (laughs) I was like in love with it. Ratchet and Clank going commando, which is another one I never played because I didn't like Ratchet one because he was a bit of a jerk and the controls sucked. But that's a great one. I guess there's probably going to be a future games my mom found on this. Mega Man X7, which I remember seeing in EGM and being so excited because it was like self-shaded Mega Man in 3D and that it was one of the worst games ever. I am really excited to play X7. I don't know why. I'm excited to hear you hear Flame Uh, Hyenard say burn, burn, burn to the ground. This is their favorite Mega Man game. I'm glad you got rid of them. This is one of those things you're like, you like this game? Trash, get out of here. It's like you yeah. just see a cut and all their stuff goes flying out the window. And oh, like the Axel plushie, the Poochie of the what, Mega Man universe. What happened here? This game really it looked, I remember X-Play hating it. In X7? So yeah. essentially it's, it's a Mega Man <laughs> game where Mega Man's an unlockable character because he gives up fighting. And then they introduce Poochie, uh, Axel. <laughs> And it's 2D, and then it switches to 3D, but, like, you can't see anything. Everyone has stupid voice clips. Like, X is a pacifist, so every time he fires his charge shot, he screams, stop it, because he doesn't want to be fighting. What is he fighting for? The controls are bad. (laughs) The jumping is terrible. There's a boss called Tornado Tunyon, who is a dancing onion with a European accent. There's a boss called Flame Hyenard who runs around saying, burn, 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 burn to the ground, burn to the ground. And my friend walked in, watched me play this, and he's like, how can you even do this? But I just love Mega Man that much. Or at least Command Mission makes Poochie good. Yeah. And actually, it made me think of another game that came out around this time that I'm glad... I remembered uh, Castlevania Lament of Innocence. Yes. I'm glad oh, someone brought PS2 that up. One. Um, because yeah. it's it's not great. It's like Gothic Mario 64, where instead of designing a castle, you just go into different parts. And every area, is, there's a lot of cut and place paced environments, but the combat's really fun. It has an interesting hook where the more you use certain moves, you gain new moves based on what you're doing. So if you don't use a lot of heavy attacks, you might lock yourself off from other things. And it's really hard to find all the bonuses, but the story's really cool. And I was really wanted them to kind of follow up on that. And then the follow up to that was even worse. Curse of Darkness, which is just great soundtrack, but it's so boring. Okay, so this is the one that explains where Dracula comes from. Yes, this is the first game still in the chronological order. Yeah, this is from the the Ega timeline, not the... Lords of Shadow of the Colossus timeline that they created whenever that game came <laughs> that's out. That's a good game, too. But yeah, yeah that's, that's I was going to say, so linking this back to Arya, you know, Arya's last boss is these weird three spheres that are the yes. heart of the castle that keeps bringing Dracula back. And in this game, the PS2 one, there are two stones. There's the one that allows you to control death, and there's the alchemy stone or whatever the hell that actually turns them into Dracula. So I always assumed that the... Th- Three stones and Arya, at least two of them were the death controlling stone and the the vampirism. You're giving one. it too much credit here. 
I know, right? Because yeah. like, because what the hell's the third stone? <laughs> it's a lot of effort in a game whose last boss is a vampire named Walter. Um, <laughs> And oh, another summer game that no one will probably bring up, and maybe it will be on another future games my mom found. Resident Evil Dead Aim. It's actually there is a there is an episode about Dead Aim on this show. Oh, there already is. Okay, yes, I covered yeah. it. I, I'm surprised you did that one before Survivor, but that was an interesting Just, one where you actually got yeah, to use the gun con to play it and aim, and it was kind of Resident Evil Four before Resident Evil Four, but terrible. I like Dead Aim. That's <laughs> the one that's me. on the boat. Yes. Okay, so the one that it's, actually has the TG virus that turns the guy into a girl. It's one of many Resident Evil games set on a boat. <laughs> this is actually the second Yeah, one. Revolutions or Revelations. There was Resident Evil Gaiden, and then oh, Resident Evil. And, and then there was this one, and then there was Resident Evil Revelations. Just I'm trying to think the if there's one. another one. I feel like there's another one on a boat somewhere. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really like Dead Aim. I, I, I thought it was really fun. It's 73, episode 73, I think, or somewhere close to that. You can search it on Podbean for those that are curious when you hear it. So. Yeah. Resident Evil also, um, uh, speaking of that, uh, Resident Evil 2, 3, and Code Veronica X also came out on the GameCube in 2003. So that yeah, was those are the hot ticket items. <laughs> yes. Uh, Resident Evil I 2. Had, I, I definitely had Code Veronica. That's the one that's most expensive, I think. Fuck or maybe me. It's... I gave it to a friend. I, fuck. Okay, well, here we go. <laughs> easy come, easy go. I gave away a $700 Ninja Hive-O. We're fine. We're oh, it's not like Code Veronica isn't playable in Xbox Series X nowadays anyways. But like, that, but so 03 was now the year that like, I guess now every single Resident Evil like mainline game is now playable on the GameCube. They didn't get like remakes. They just like were basically ported over as yes, it is. Yes, but. For Resident Evil 2, there is a mod. I played it, the GameCube version, but on PC. Somebody modded the crap out of that game where it actually looks like high definition. Ooh. You can Google it. It's it's really good. It's all Dreamcast code, if I'm not mistaken. I think they just took the Dreamcast ports. They did something to make it clean. I really liked it. I really liked what I played. I don't remember. I mean, Resident Evil 2 was just terrific. I just can't imagine playing the tank controls on a dinky little GameCube D-pad. That sounds like a nightmare. Well, I, I didn't play it on that, but yes. <laughs> that does sound like a nightmare. I mean, we got the definitive good version of RE1 on the GameCube, so. Mm-hmm. That's a great game. Game I played to show my first girlfriend I, uh, when she came over one time and I was very young. I'm like, here, I'm like, here look at this game. Look at this. You, you see a zombie in a bathtub. Why I, I chose to show that. I, I'm still I shocked know. about Double Dash. Like, I, that's... I mean, Double Dash was like the Mario Kart that I had in university, and I totally slipped my mind that it was in 2003. Mm-hmm. Which seems really late for the GameCube. I don't know if the GameCube had dropped. I think that it's at least 100. Two, though. It was yeah, only... Because it came out November 01, so it's a two-year-old system at this point. The Wii was no different, because like Mario Kart Wii was 2008. Right, I guess that's true. Really? That is, yeah. Did you have some, some games we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, lightning round, as everybody keeps saying. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 2 on the Game Boy Advance, not as good as the first one, but it is a pretty decent game. Uh, The Ikaruga port for the GameCube, fantastic bullet hell game. It is super Mm -hmm. hard, though. Time Crisis 3 on the PS2, still one of the best light gun games in arcade history. And two that I'm surprised nobody has brought up yet. Simpsons Hit and Run and Kirby Air Ride. I've never played either of them. I'm not a big Kirby guy. It just Kirby Air is fantastic. You should only play the city trial mode, though. <laughs> that game famously um, 
I think you don't hold the A button for gas. It just goes. It and just I goes. Like, uh, and, and reviews dinged it, but I'm like, I'm just holding, I'm holding, I'm holding A in Mario and never pressing the brake button. So like, it doesn't really matter in Mario Kart. So like, like why were people like dinging it for like, you, you just go. Stupid. But it's supposed to be pretty good. I remember that one. And then uh, Hit and Run is the GTA Simpsons yeah. game. Right? I really, okay, I have no affinity for Simpsons. I've never really watched any of that show. I really want to play this game now for, for the podcast someday, just because I. It's a very strong game. They got the writers to do it. All the voices are there, probably minus Harry Shearer, if I know how he is. is. But yeah, I remember that one. That I actually layout for for Springfield. It came off the heels of Simpsons Road Rash, which is the crazy taxi knockoff. Okay. Road Rash is the uh, Road Rage, maybe um, is the is the crazy taxi knockoff. And then this one's the GTA knockoff. And I remember my friends playing it and having a having a delightful time. I'm not a big Simpsons fan, but um, if I want to play that or GTA three, I'd probably play hit and run. If I had to, if I had to play one of them, good choice, probably, right? Yeah, Kirby or I like. I guess I do city trial mode because it's the best version. You can go in the settings and determine how long you want to be in there. And the whole point is, you and a at least or at most three of the players can just roam around this little city, collecting power ups for your vehicle, trying to kill each other to steal their power ups. You know, get your your speed up, your attack up, et cetera, et cetera. And at the very end of the timer, a random event is chosen. It could be a race. It could be a battle royale. But the vehicle that you currently have with all of its stat boosts, that's what you're going into the event with. And that is still like the only game that's got like Kirby, like fully like 3D air, like roaming in 3D. If if you kind of count uh, Forgotten Kingdom, it's not just like a top down game. The new one or, or any of those weird 3DS ones, which don't count well those were all side scrollers <laughs> there were some isometric ones and stuff in there okay i thought yeah they should kirby definitely 60- make a new air ride game yeah they should that would be fun i mean they, they make so many kirby knockoffs they really should just dip back into that yeah like, there's so much like there's that like one that's like delicious course that's like fall guys kirby um that my son really loves so yeah air ride. <laughs> i should get him air ride he'd probably love it that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, four players you could play it with them Right. And speaking of Nintendo Racers of 03, F-Zero GX, which is technically made by Sega. Cannot speak. Oh, Oh, really? So hard. It's fucking F-Zero X is like one of my favorite games of all time. I love it. I love how clean it is. It just moves fast. 30 racers on screen, 60 frames a second on uh, Nintendo 64. It's great. I was all like hyped up for F-Zero GX. My website, I covered. I went and re-reviewed like every single F-Zero game. I had an F-Zero week. Oh, you mean the two other games? Yeah. No. Hey, we had there, there were there were there three a Game games Boy at that point. There's a Game Boy. Yes. Maximum Velocity was out at that point. Uh, GP Legend and the Japan Only one were not out at this point. Um. So there were three. It was a short week. It was. It was. It was. There's it was not, a, it's not a big series. I I have no. a copy of this, but I've never played it. It's it's made by it's made by Sega, so it feels more like a Sega racer. I think it's made by the Yakuza team, oh, um, which really shows in the cutscenes. Um, which are like not they're like not real time and they are just like like stuck to that resolution, which I think is one of the reasons it's hard to port because they can't. I don't think they can redo the videos and that aren't in 480p. But um, there was a rumor yeah, I wish that, it would like, get ported is doing just it. I saw that rumor recently. Hopefully that comes to fruition. But it was it was it was now that I'm old. It's too busy of a racetrack. Like there's too many like lights and shit on the actual like racetrack. As you're passing through, that makes it very hard for me to focus when I'm going a thousand kilometers an hour. That's I remember, I die. 
when you fuck up. Mine, a friend of mine bought this, and there's like a story mode, and he yes. did mission one, and then mission two, and then mission three is mission two, only there's a shit ton of rocks being thrown at you, and we couldn't uh-huh. beat it. Uh-huh. That's that's exact. I'm, I may that have gotten miserable. mission three, but I've never gotten past that. There's no oh difficulty my- settings. It's 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 it requires you to be perfect in it. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful though. It is a beautiful game, and but but it is very difficult. And my oldness can't handle the the amount of visual stimulation anymore. I can't do it. Somebody did it at Games Done Quick a couple of years ago, and oh, I bet that's man, really the amount of times that they died. Oh, wow. Being a professional <laughs> speedrunner in that game. I was just like, how the hell are you supposed to play this game? It's so You know, I just found out what I'm watching uh, soon now because I love games done quick. Hell yeah. So I'm going to I'm adding this to my watch later now. I'm gonna games have to done quick. My, my mom found I'm just a big <laughs> fan of games done quick. It's great. They are. I, I learn. A, I usually like to great. watch a speedrun game. It's super fun. I learn a lot about games that I play for this podcast sometimes through that because you can they'll talk about stuff that you would never know if you don't listen, you know, somebody that has a reason to talk about it. 100%. Not the old one. The old ones aren't as good. It's got to be the newer ones. I have a couple games. One I have to mention. Star Wars Knights of the Republic came out in 2003. I can't end this podcast without mentioning that. Good game. Episode 69, I think, for the show to hear my full review of that. But nice. It's I, I liked it. I, I, I still like it. I mean, I'm I didn't play it in 03. I played it years later, but great game. Manhunt came out in 2003. Also, uh-huh. <laughs> a game that is violent as all hell. And I did not like it. But my friend, one of my friends in high school, he really liked this game. Like he is got this really one into or stealth. two that got an AL. It was Manhunt two. two. OK, so that 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 did. Yeah, Manhunt one didn't. But it's so violent. It's so brutal, like, ugh. Is it an urban legend that in the PlayStation 2 version, if you have the headset on and you talk, people are like, I know he's over there? Am cool. I making that up? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I can't remember. We just it's... had a fascination around this time with death and violence. And The other game that I, I have to mention that also is 2003 that's not violent is Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball came out in 2003. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I fucking love this game. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. I bet you do. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend at the time, she did too. We, we played it a whole bunch. Not 2003, but later. We played, we played it a lot. Yeah, much later. Wink, wink. On I your, like, you know, music. I know, I don't know. <laughs> I heard it was a really fucking good volleyball game. Though. It is, actually. I mean, it was just a fun game. Like, it was just something that we got really into like Dead or Alive 2 Ultimate, which was on Xbox, Dead or Alive 3. Like, she got really into uh, Hitomi, was one of the characters. And like, I just remember being like, this was a game that she, I, I tried to convince her just to play. Like, this is, I actually, the reason I bought a 360 at the time was because I wanted Extreme 2, which I never really played much. But I wish I could be a fly in the wall for that conversation. Hey, I got this game where it's just like a bunch of bikini-clad girls like jumping in the sand. Like, okay, honey. <laughs> she was actually hey, she was completely okay with it. Like, cool. <laughs> I, I, I really am playing it for the for the great vi- volleyball. Mechanic. Oh, we both know why. We were both playing it, so it was like, okay. Utterly smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Reading it for the, the soundtrack's incredible. Okay. <laughs> I actually had a poster of Tina in my old bedroom underneath the stairs when I was like, my early twenties. But I came with the game with the other with the other one. But I. I Extremely volleyball was just really cool. I remember that. And it was just different, too. I hadn't mentioned that. 
I don't think I have any other. I'm, I'm scrolling through the list, but I don't think there's any other games that I want to mention. Any other things you want to mention before we go on to our top three? Uh, I still have my number one game that I want to talk about. NBA Street Volume 2, the single best basketball game of all time. Uh, it's the it's the it's the logical conclusion of like NBA Jam, even though it's not NBA Jam people. It's just like the ultimate, like perfect, like arcade style basketball game. It added enough like Tony Hawk tricks and stat boosting for your character. You play and it like in a way that like but didn't get to like the sim level of like NBA 2K, but still like just maintain that perfect balance of 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 arcade style basketball, which I really love in arcade style sports because games started getting much more like realistic and I, I simulation like yeah. and I can't handle them now. But NBA Street Volume 2, not Volume 1, not Volume 3, even though it has Mario dunking on Carmelo Anthony. It's just it was a perfect game. You you play other teams and you got to take one player from each team you beat. So, you know, you'd build a team with like and then they had like NBA all star, like historical people. So I'd have like Bill Russell. And so the only reason I know who Bill Russell is, is honestly, because he was a beast who could block anybody. So when he passed last year, I'm like. I love Bill Russell because he's one of the best players too. in NBA history. But hey. yeah, well, the only reason I know because <laughs> yeah, of this game, <laughs> but that was my gateway. But even my son is like Bill Russell rules, and then you get, then you he goes and reads books about Bill Russell. So like, it's it's a really good like gateway. And then like three just like upset the balance of simulation style, and then home court was the was the 360 version, and by then it was kind of lost. And because of licensing hell, it will never be re-released, but it's available through means and it's available to play on Dolphin on your Steam Deck. And I play it all the time. And it's I it's so I, good. I don't like sports games, but I like stuff like this as long as there's like some kind of like campaign where I can finish it, I'm okay right. with it. Right. And, and, and I know that was what it was. And you graduated to like the better street courts, more historical, like from like Rucker Park to like other street courts throughout the country. So you got like that kind of level and then like ea sports big just at the time was just like firing on all cylinders i mentioned like ssx3 they also had def jam vendetta which is like where rappers wrestle and i think it was by like aki the people who actually made like the good wrestling games of the 64 you have like snoop dog fighting dmx super expensive yeah another game i gave away to a friend um but what are you gonna do <laughs> eh, it's like oh, those gamecube games uh, they're not selling for anything and now they're i should just wait 15 years but whatever but like EA Sports Big was just hitting on all cylinders. And NBA Street Volume 1 is like my number one game of that year. And like, it's just my favorite sports game of all time. I love it. Okay. Since we started that, what's your number two and three? SSX3 is my number two. And then Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga will be number three. Okay. And Phoebe, what are your top three? Oh, God. Beyond Good, Evil, Beautiful Joe, and either, like we've talked about in the past, either Tie or... Hell yeah. Superstar Saga. We can talk a little bit about Boktai. I know there's a whole episode about it. We can still talk about it. A different episode. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, that's entirely. The sun is in your hands. Yeah, the sun is in your hands. Yo, Boktai is that was such a cool game. Did that game even work with the SP or was like the sensor upside down? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes to both your answers. I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it was Bo- completely upside down. Yeah, but you can because. <laughs> The Game Boy Advance is, a, or the SP is a clamshell. You can definitely fold it up into more of a, a right angle. Oh, okay. And okay. Play, that's how I played Boktai 2 was on the SP version. You should play it, Vincent. It's up your alley. Just, I mean, don't play a GBA. Play emulation where you can pretend. Yeah, yeah you said there was an emulation that, like, faked the sun, right? Or something. Yes. Yeah, specifically MGBA. If you use Visual Boy Advance, you're going to have to patch it yourself. But there are a few different solar 
sensor patches out there. I, I, I think we got ahead of ourselves for the audience. It's a game that usually has like has like a solar sensor that you have to use that like in real life have to go outside and get the sun to power things in the game. There's an episode about it. And, and the game will overheat fight in bosses. the game. If you're in too hot of sun for too long, the, the solar gun will overload. It convinced you like, okay, you need to go inside now. It was just Konami deciding how can we make a kid-friendly Metal Gear Solid, but also make Kojima? another Castlevania. It's Kojima. Game. Yeah, Kojima so. can basically write blank checks at this time. Yeah, yeah. how that worked out later for Konami. And it's like Castlevania. I gotta go listen to this episode. Okay. It it plays more like an isometric version of Metal Gear Solid, where you can fully stealth that game. But because of the whole dark fantasy medieval universe to it and the fact that you're fighting vampires, it has a bit of a Castlevania feel to it. It's fascinating. It's a very good game. Oh, Blair, what are your top three? Uh, top three. Let's see. Like, I was going to say, it's it's great to be in, in this audience as you all have very different tastes than me. And I forgot about many of the games here. So I would say one Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, Two, Beyond Good and Evil. Three, Batman Rises in Zoo. So a Ubisoft trilogy. Ubisoft trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> the guy loves Ubisoft. We, we know this. Blair loves it. Hey, this was when Ubisoft was killing it. It's like, this yeah, is that... when I didn't know that the people there were problematic and harassing women. So, like. Right. They're all sex pests making your Rayman. Yeah. Rayman 3 also came out this time after much delay. Oh, one thing I, I have to ask before I before I say mine. Did anybody, did any of you three play Splinter Cell, the first one? Just the demo on the demo disc. I, yeah, I, demo, I wasn't a with, fan of it. I played it with on PS2 when I got it with Sands of Time because all I heard was that it was so great. And then I played it and I did like a mission. And then the guy from 24 was like, you got seen once, go back to the start. And I was like, I do not have the patience for this and returned it. Okay, because that was because that was a big like Xbox semi exclusive for like a year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and it's and like I was a big Metal Gear fan, but Metal Gear also is very forgiving. Where if you get seen, you can like run and hide and gun your way out. But Splinter Cell's like the first one anyway. It's very strict. Where if you get seen, it's like you've been seen, you're done, and then you have to start the level over again. And I didn't have the patience for it. Okay, all so right, I'll go last. Break. I actually. Forgot, lost my list because my wife came down, took my phone because she couldn't find her phone and, and didn't bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but from what I remember, I, Legends of the Wind Waker probably be my number one. I want to say Animusha Tactics definitely has to be on there because that game is something else. How much it just stuck stuck with me all this time. And then I'll say Sound Hill Three. Sound Hill Three and Soul, Soul Calibur Two are tied because both of those were the games that I mean so at the time Soul Calibur Two really really grabbed me. So let's say that. Yeah. Have you watched the run where Punchy plays Silent Hill 3 and he puts the little headband on because he actually gets the Sailor Moon outfit? Yes, yes, I have. Love that run. <laughs> it was great. Oh, I had a little more Punchy Sailor Moon references great. too. So, and that's essentially what it is. I'm just, before we wrap this up, have a little bit of time. I'm just looking real quick to see if anything else I missed that I feel like we, we have to just mention real fast. Oh, it did he Dragon Ball... I have to st- wait. No, no, I don't think that that year. I think that's a different year. We talked a little bit about Beautiful Joe, but we didn't really go into what its weird mechanic is, which is that you are in a movie world. You are a real person who gets sucked into a movie and becomes this Super Sentai hero. So you actually get the ability of movie editing. <laughs> it's a, 
here. You dude. can slow down time, speed it up, zoom in for triple damage because action scenes are too zoomed in nowadays. Also, Max Payne 2 came out this year. Oh, the beginning of Remedies. Big, <laughs> huge climb in fame. Max Payne 2 is great. Never right. played them. But Remedies I really one enjoy, of my favorite developers because of Alan Wake and Control. Those are both. I haven't played Control, but Alan Wake is mwah, one of my favorite games of all time. So, How do you feel about Quantum Break? Never played it. <laughs> oh, you should play that and Control. They're both really good. I should. I agree. I have Control on my PC. I got it in a humble bundle with Gotham Knights, which I'm going to put on the show end of this year. Blair. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, you almost became you almost became viral because of that game. Almost. I did until I decided to like cut off the snake at the head. <laughs> that was so funny how that one tweet you had was like all of a sudden it started blowing up. You're like, nope, gone tweet. I love that story. What was the tweet? So when Gotham Knights came out, I played it and I was really looking forward to it. And I was like, I will give it the benefit of a doubt. And then I played it and finished it. It was absolutely miserable the entire time because it's <laughs> not good. So at the start of the game, this is coming off of four Arkham games where you your language of traversal is firing a grappling hook in the air and gliding. In Gotham Knights, you have to do a bunch of pointlessly boring side missions to unlock your ability to glide poorly. And I basically said something to the effect of Gotham Knights is if they started a Spider-Man game and you had to earn the ability to swing on webs by doing tedious missions. And everyone was like, oh, no, what's he talking about? And other people were like, well, it's not that bad. But most people are like, oh, I don't know how I feel about this. And I was like, I don't want to be I don't want to be known as this guy. <laughs> so I got rid of Gotham it. Knights also have a weird thing where Red Hood has a double jump because of Lazarus pit powers. Yeah. And Ugh. Nightwing has a Fortnite glider and you have to. <laughs> If you if you do it with one, like, say, if you unlock Batgirl's glider by doing pointless things, then you have to do it as Nightwing and then you have to do it as Robin and then oh. as Red Hood. So let's just leave it there and say, see you in the fall when Blur has to stomach through Gotham Knights again. <laughs> see, when that <laughs> I'm gonna reach game out to you, you know first, that. when that game first got announced, I know this isn't a 2003 game, but Might as well when, the, when they were first talking about it, I was really excited for that game. Because they were going, oh, you level up each character differently. And for a second, I thought they were going to actually have different level up systems for each character. Red Hood would, if the more enemies you kill, the more experience you get. Nightwing could be the more brutal you are, the more experience you get, et cetera, et cetera. Stealth kills for Robin, that type of stuff. But it just sounds like they're all basically the same character. Well, care to join us at the end of the year. It'll be a fun conversation. Oh, my... <laughs> It'll probably be cheap by then. Hopefully, hopefully free. Uh, and I would, I have to, because I keep re- reading this list. Uh, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z Budokai also came out in 2003. Hell yeah, great. Well, for GameCube came out in 2003, so I can get away with it. Great game. One game that really launched Dragon Ball Z, and that's. I need to stop talking for this episode. Will go on for three hours. So, Phoebe, where can people find you at? I am the Let's Play Princess over on YouTube and Twitch. I make a bunch of videos, Let's Plays, challenges, all that stuff. I'm currently streaming Elden Ring foolishly. My first time through with 
no NPC or PC summons, no spells, no items, no nothing. Just a girl, a golden halibird, some armor, and every and no single fun. major boss. And no fun involved, it sounds like. No, it's... <laughs> I like challenge runs, so... I, I can't do that. Well, I mean, anyone who listens to me knows I have to cheat. <laughs> yeah, and I'm also the LP princess on Twitter, uh, Twitter so follow me there. All right. Do people come to you on Twitter looking for awesome record recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> God, if only. And Blair, where people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at Blarcade. You can read my work at comicbookvideogames.com, including my review of the surprisingly excellent Justice League Cosmic Chaos, which has a better Metacritic score than Gotham Knights, and that's something I never thought I'd see coming. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm this close to getting that game for my son. I, I've heard really good things about it. It is great. And I just wanted to add, going back to earlier, for as little as $1 a month, you can support this show on Patreon <laughs> and get Mike to watch a cinematic travesty, Devil DOA, Dead or Alive, the movie from producer Paul W.S. Anderson. I really want to see that Was movie. That produced by him? Oh, yeah, from the director of The First Transporter. Ooh, I want to see that movie more than I should want to see that movie, but it is 100% terrific in. trash, and I will totally join you for that episode. Okay. It's also on YouTube, apparently. <laughs> it might as well be. And Vincent, where can people find you at? Yes, I'm one of the hosts of Some of My Friends Read Comics. It's a comic book podcast. Mike, you've been on to cover the Super Metroid comic from Nintendo Power a few years ago. We cover historical or comics we should have been uh, covered. Right now, we're uh, just finished up our April Fool's Day comics. We just covered uh, Secret Invasion, which is an event we did not like, as well as All-Star Batman and Robin. So those were um, quite, quite historically uh, maligned comics. And so but normally we cover historically good comics like Swamp Thing, which we learned actually has a character named Billy Hatcher in it, created by Alan Moore. So (laughs) no, he doesn't. This is from like 87. Um, it's wild. <laughs> and so you can check that out at some of my friends read comics, the podcast. Excuse me. You enjoyed this episode. There's over 450 other episodes of this podcast. You can find everything you're looking for on Podbean. We do a bunch of these year in gaming episodes. So if you want to see our, pre- listen to our previous ones, you will see a link in the show notes of the other year in gaming episodes that I've done. I don't even remember what year to go look at that. <laughs> there's not I a ton. 2011 a on episode 266 in November 2nd, 2021, which is, I think, officially shorter now than this episode. You're welcome, Mike. And then, <laughs> and then, and then like in March 2022, we did 2000. Um, we did 2000. And I did 07 way, way earlier back with a different, much different cast. I but would yeah, be 100% I, back for a 1994 episode, though, next year. I'm thinking about it. I'm You, you got me interested to want to do 90s. I, I don't do 90s. I haven't done any 90s yet, so you got me thinking about it. But yeah, go check out all those. You can support the show, as you said, Patreon. You'll see a link in the show notes. We have a monthly poll every month. I don't know what it is this month. But you can also suggest things, too. You can also join our Discord. You'll see a link in the show notes for that, too. So please, join that also. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on yeah, YouTube. I don't know where the hell Yahoo is about to come from. And I want to give a shot <laughs> of my awesome... Great excite presence. I, thought you were I don't know. Help. I'm tired. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hatsbury. You can follow her on TikTok and give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker. He started his own podcast, A Gamer Looks at 40. So definitely go check him out, too. 
You'll see a link in the show notes to his podcast. I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.